This podcast is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use promo code BALDMOVE, all caps, to get $5 off your first order. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. Oh, I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 5, entitled Now. Uh, you saw it a second time. What'd you think? Uh, man, I, I, I'm suffering from some lack of certainty, because we, we made the mistake of actually having 30 seconds worth of conversation. Yeah, no, and you're like, supposed we're to like, save it for the cast. Say it, say it at the same time, we're like, one, two, three, and I'm like, I kind of like, and you're like, oh, I feel, the more I see it, the more I hate it, and I'm like, oh, God. It's gonna be another of those weird ones where Jim likes it more than me. Yeah, it's uh, I, not I sure know. how to not sure how to deal with this. The the good things in this episode and are kind of overshadowed by the repetitious yeah. bullshit that yeah. we've just time and time again we hear the same shit spouted by these same people and it's yeah starting to get old. And I don't like. There's the thing. It's like I can mount the defenses. I just don't like doing so. Because you know they're wrong. It's like when, when in, in back in <laughs> you know they're weak. Back in grade school, when people were like, "Why don't you celebrate birthdays?" I'm like, "I know the arguments, but I just don't. You're not going to buy them, and they're not yeah. really going to even make sense as I say them. And it's just the way they are. Okay, and okay. It's just gonna put doubt Leave in my me the head. fuck alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I feel when I try to defend the. Walking I'm encouraged dead. not to think about this too much. <laughs> that's what my parents tell me. But I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to defend it a little bit. Okay. Certain right. parts of it, because there's some. I will say that like most things involving Alexandrians, with the exception of yeah. like Kara and Patricia uh-huh. and uh, a little bit of Aaron and Maggie, although that plot line was sullied as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deanna is terrible. Most of the Jesse stuff is terrible. The Rick and Jesse stuff is terrible. Not just because I wanted to be kissing Michonne. Uh, yeah, but there's some good stuff here. Good solid stuff. There is some good stuff, and I, I won't like like they're actually building that. some new characters. This Patricia character is an interesting person that they've essentially weaved out of whole cloth in two and a half episodes. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty good for them. Okay, bodes well, well for certain versions of this show's future. <laughs> there's uh, there's probably a lot to talk about, so why don't we go ahead and get into the feed? Or not the feedback, the recap. Hey, real quick before we get in the episode, because uh, we don't have a lot of time and we got a sponsor, I just want to mention it's getting about Christmas time. It's it's getting around Turkey Day, and I, you know maybe people are like Aaron, it's too it's too it's too soon. I got neighbors, I got neighbors hanging Christmas decorations in their apartment windows. I mean, I got stores down the street with Christmas trees. I, it, it's in full them. blown. Come on. Like you can you can fight it for so long, but for me, I try to reduce my Christmas stress. Mm-hmm. Number one way I've done that is by shopping on Amazon. Oh hell yeah! The prices are great. They got the two day shipping if you got Prime. Uh, they got excellent selection, and you, you can do it in your underwear. Yeah, that's you, the best part. Of you it. don't even have to get dressed. You don't have to stand in lines out in the cold. You yeah. don't have to fight people for Beanie Babies or talking Teddy Ruxpins or <laughs> nobody's buying those anymore, man. Or harassment. What are the I, Teddy Ruxpins? Sure. A '90s thing. Come I'm on. Sh- I don't know what the cool toys are. Just because I have a nine year old that you would think <laughs> they're I tickle would me be. Elmos. Don't you know anything? Come sure, on, sure. Uh, but 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 yeah. If 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 you want to do that, it's the Amazon, and you can you can support us by doing at, at the same time. You can lower your Christmas stress, and 
and you know commercialize it up and save money and support Bald Move. What a deal. Amazon.baldmove.com. It takes you right to Amazon except for now. We a little cut of that action. And I appreciate yep. it for if, if you're ship, shopping this Christmas season to keep Bald Move in mind. Amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, so we open with PL number one. I assume it's panel number one. Profit and loss. Yep. Yep. Reggie's up there doing his taxes. He uh, he, <laughs> he he signed. He's he's so. This is how dedicated a man is. He signs his tax forms in in, in cold tig, rolled tig, ink. He tig welds right on the cold rolled steel. He does. Uh, but yeah, this is the first panel. This is there's probably some ceremony, maybe some champagne. Maybe Deanna's even the one that spearheaded it because she's the political monster. Uh, it seems. So how do you think this went down? Do you think they put up panel one, they surrounded the city with the rest of the panels, and then they said, hey, this was panel one, let's inaugurate it? Or did they put up panel one with gaping holes yeah, everywhere no. around the city and say, congratulations, everybody, we've done it? They did. They they, uh, they they put up panel one. There was comically oversized scissors that her and Reg and Tobin all uh-huh. cut this and then they're like, ah cocktails and then they had a big party <laughs> the next day because you got to celebrate that and then mm-hmm. the third day they actually started finishing the rest and of then things. it was ruined when Spencer got drunk started insulting <laughs> everybody yeah uh, I like to think that it was the perfection of the cold world technique like they had tried a couple of panels before it didn't work and finally they got the one mm. as it rolls off the assembly line Reg signs it so this is like the Iron Man Mark IV essentially uh, you know, the first half of the movie was just Reg experimenting and yelling at his robots yeah, and almost killing himself. Comically and, nearly breaking his yeah, neck. Had fire extinguishers going off here and there. But uh-huh. this is the one that stuck. I think so. Okay. All right. I can I can buy that. Uh, anyway, so Diana stands above. This is, this is the panel kind of on the watchtower catwalk thing. Mm-hmm. Diana, from this perch, surveys Alexander in the devastation as people are packing wolves up in wheelbarrows and taking him to some kind of mass grave, and you, you slowly realize that Michonne is kind of off in the foreground whispering, or the background, the foreboundground, whispering about how Glenn was going to try to send a signal and whether Maggie should worry about that, and Maggie obviously is. And then you hear Rick screaming and rolling up to the gates, saying, open the gates! And they yeah. do. And Deanna's freaking out because here's Rick, and he's bringing thousands of walkers on his, on his tail. <laughs> Somehow, inexplicably, they're keeping up with him at yeah. a full run. Yeah. Well, I mean, he used up all his cardio on the run to the RV. I suppose and so. And he let his guard down. He thought this was going to be the thing that works. And, and then, you know, he just didn't have it in his little sheriff heart to run another two miles. So I think this is what... <clears throat> I think there's a bit of that in the text, too. Because, like, he was stumbling. Like, he was... Yeah. Like, limbs not working properly, exhausted by the time he, he gets to the gate. So... Maybe. Maybe, you know, it gets his blood pumping. It's supposed to so, come out of the cut in his hand. There's only and, so much adrenaline your glands can hold, right? That's true. Like, yeah. your body squeezes on them for a long enough time, and you're, just, you're done. You're yeah. done. And then you feel like shit. You yeah. fall on the ground. You, yeah. It's a bad trip. You shit yourself. Uh, that's why I try never to run very far. <laughs> or, or, or break a sweat at all. I mean, p- people do. People run pretty fast, pretty far. I've heard about a runner's high. Yeah, but I'd have to go through like I feel like you'd have to go through twenty miles of heroin needle ditch before you get that runner's high. I mean, it's followed no, by the you. the runner's low too, like <laughs> the crash and burn afterward. You know, sure. <clears throat> Welcome to runner talk. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think about them? I feel like we're getting another like jump cut here, right? Like we don't see what happens to Rick between the gate and the RV. I, they're going to go back to this, right? No, no. I have a bad feeling that next episode no. they're going back to this. No, 
No. Oh, I think I think so, man. I hope not, because I don't. <laughs> I, I I actually thought because I saw some people like, oh, we're never going to. I'm like, I, I don't need to know. He was almost surrounded by the RV. One our side of the RV was clearly left. He ran out, and then he sprinted to Alexandria. That I I I hope he didn't run into some wise old man that he had a spirit vision journey with that's going to change his character up. Like uh-huh. just just tell the story, man. The good news is it'll be a much shorter episode. Okay, than the ninety minute extravaganza. Yeah, he runs into Forrest Gump, whose philosophy is just to keep running. Yep. This has gone off the rails. You know why? It's because I just now realized I'm the one that's supposed to move the outline. Yes. Ahead. I forgot that yeah. I'm doing that. Okay. There's responsibility so, there. The community, you're just like, are you going to move on, asshole? <laughs> uh, the community is stunned. You know, Rick has gone from this controversial figure to kind of their savior. Everyone falls behind to the, to the hatcher of half-cocked plans. And now he comes back you know, with his plan. You know, he, he's like a cartoon character whose gun exploded. And he's got, like, just black charcoal gunpowder face and, like, uh, the, the shrapnel, the shotgun is coming out from his head. And he's, like, you know, this is the character that's coming in to, like, Daffy Duck with his his bill blown back off the side of his head. <laughs> uh-huh. He comes in and the people are like, oh, God, this is the person we put our trust in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, hey, you know, I brought back zombies and they got a posse 20 deep rolling <laughs> out <laughs> here. <laughs> yep. What the fuck is going on, man? Uh, man, I've lost my mind. I I don't I I don't know. So Aaron steps in here and he tries to take some of the blame, right? So yeah, about this time, Aaron sees Rick floundering the way I just did on the podcast and steps in, takes some of the blame. Says, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna blame Rick, uh, because they start asking him things that he has no response to, like, isn't this a graveyard? Uh, and he said, hey, Rick's plan is right. If, and, and this is all factual information. Like, as they were going over the plan, the quarry collapsed. True. So he, while Rick's plan was terrible, the only difference, the, it, what it has going for it is he did draw off half, half the flock. Y- yeah. Yeah, he called an audible. He got him the, He got half the flock away. He would have had all the flock, and they would have been totally yeah. unprepared for it. Maybe Spencer leaves the gates open or some stupid stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so, and he says, hey, it's my fault the wolves came. So you can plan that one on me because I left my. I mean, clearly, this is a, a, you know double A run overreacting. Well, he's also but he also feels saving bad about Rick's it. ass here. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is pissed at Rick. They're probably about to throw him out of the town. How and... much of the impulse was saving Rick, and how much of it just was j- legitimate guilt he was feeling? Because I felt there's a probably lot of legitimate more, guilt. Yeah, probably more legitimate guilt because of the guy I know that Aaron is. So. Uh, about this time, Deanna just nopes out. Says, yeah. I've had enough uh, city governance for one lifetime. Good luck. Peace. Just walks away from the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So Jesse goes back her, to her house to deal with the she-wolf corpse. And she deals with exactly the same way I would react to coming home to a clogged drain. Like, oh, God, this too. And she just kind of grabs about ankles and drags it to the, the grave and starts digging the grave. And Rick says, hey. We don't bury killers in, in in the city walls. Something that you and I, we're on board with that policy. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say don't bury anybody. What's the point? But Yeah, there you I'd go. I'd say just toss them in a pile and burn them up. But... I'm on that crew, too. But okay. you, just, you, don't, you don't even want to cremate these killers inside your walls. Sure. And she's like, well, we might be here for a while. And he's like, look, man, just wait. And I, I didn't understand this interaction the first time I watched it. Uh it's the rare double watch gave me clarity on, on, on the character's motivation. Well, you don't get any real perspective until later in the episode. Much yeah. later. Yeah. So. so pretty pretty subtle. I like that. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a full-on riot at the pantry. They decided that tonight is Armageddon, and various chubby people of Aeron-esque proportions are saying they'd rather destroy the community's last hope for long-term survival than watch their family starve, and I'm like... That's what's going to happen anyway. And, and you look like you could miss a few meals. Like, yeah. I don't think... Your family's not starving yet. I don't think you're on death's door here, Toby. You look pretty drought and famine resistant. And if you your think... family is starving, it's your fault. Yeah. Where do you think the extra meals are going? Yeah. To you, fatty. <laughs> yeah. To be clear. I mean, it's the majority of the people in this scene. Very big. Yeah. Very big it's, it's, and I wonder if that was... Are they trying to make like a wall E point here? I don't. I've never saw that. Okay. So. Are they trying to make a point about how these people are like... I mean... As if we didn't have this point made enough. These people are super pampered, super privileged yeah. to the fact that they think they've been deprived. Like, these are well-fed people in a stable community where they're having dinner parties and they're saying, well, my family's not going to starve. I, I feel like there's a little bit of almost political commentary that yeah. is, is pitched way too high. The people who have it so well in this world already... Yeah. Have no idea how well they have it and are complaining that they have it poor. So Spencer, who, you know, he sweats his, his body mass index. He tries to keep yeah. that. He tries yeah. to keep that. That guy tight. hasn't had too many extra meals. Yeah. He he's he's uh you know, he's keeping it trim. He's like, Look, look, Chubbs, this is the community's <laughs> last hope. Uh and and yeah, I left the gate open because uh fatty, 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 fat McGee said, Oh yeah, what about the gate, Spencer? And he was like, Yeah, that was my fault. But guess what? I also Panic fired into a semi and kind of sort of saved you all <laughs> because that I, cold rolled gate was going to get knocked down. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the gate is cold rolled. That's no, it's thing. it's yeah. like chain link. It's it's clearly the weak point in Reggie's yeah. plan. Um, but you know, we talked about it. He he never intended this to repel human invaders. This was mm-hmm. a, a zombie thing only. Uh, and he's like, look, if you if you do this thing, if you raid this pantry, if you go in this pantry raid, uh. It's going to start down a road where nothing and no one matters. So he shame inspires them to put down their food and go back and be kind of hungry for the rest of the night. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little discomfort, a little bloating, a yeah. little gas. Yeah, maybe you know you might feel sensation in your gut you've not felt before. <laughs> uh, it's something I haven't felt in a long time. Like I yep. say, it's like I'm, I these are my people, so I can talk about them. But and you live in a world where that's perfectly acceptable. Yes. Yes. Not in a world where if you eat a little extra, someone else doesn't eat. This is like the equivalent of on Survivor, when your team loses the first challenge, you're like, all right, we're resorting to cannibalism, guys. There's <laughs> no did, other way. Didn't get the lobster. Fuck you, the, the false god propst. We are eating a person. Who's it going to be? That's what we're voting for, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's just a little extreme. So Diana comes up, and she's impressed. She's feeling a little bit of uh, sun pride here, familial pride. Yeah. So Maggie then prepares to do something insane. She's got rebar and flashlights, and I'm thinking, is she making explosive tip spears? What? Before we leave that scene, uh, okay. I, I did actually like that they kind of had a subtle hint at how they have been sustaining this community in the background of this scene. Like, they've got a pipe that's draining from the gutters uh-huh. up on the top of the roof into some kind of basin. And I thought that was just a nice little touch that they didn't have to throw in, but... Little gives you touch. an impression like eight foot tall. I mean, this is this is a substantial a big, yeah. sewer system. Well, I, I don't think it was a sewer system. I think they were using this as as water source. A water source? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they do they have wells here? They probably have wells. I don't See, I remember what they drainage. said about it. This is just simple drain. You know, like what you like a storm drain. I wasn't thinking. No, of no, no. Because I mean, storm drain usually dumps onto the 
the ground or into a drain. I'm talking, they had a big fucking cylinder with a pipe oh, oh, oh. going like kind of up okay. and over I, into yes, it. Yes, yes. You're talking about the rain. Okay, I thought you were talking about the actual, I'm like, that's surely not storing water. And if it is, it's clogged with zombies and shit. What's going on? No, God, not in the sewer. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they do They do have some neat kind of nods to the low-grade ingenuity that the Alexandrians have been. And it helps. Doing. It helps to set yeah. a tone for the city. You know, they're not yeah. totally incompetent at surviving at in that aspect. Yeah, it's just they haven't been exposed to the stuff that would have really turned them into... Yeah. To, to hardened badasses that might have eaten Rick when he ap- approaches the gate. Did you think of that, Rick? You think of that? Like... That it, they might have eaten him? Yeah, like, they could have been... If, if, if they'd have been as hard as Rick is, is wanting, like... Oh, Rick's, yeah. Rick's group's only been a can of dog food or a 124-ounce ounce can of, of chocolate pudding away from Terminus themselves from time to time. It's true. So, yeah. like... You know, maybe if, if if you were going to argue for finding a human group one side or the other on the whole zombie survivability scale, maybe you want the more innocent than the hard-bitten, because there's a fine line between the as, governor. As for yeah. who you run across. Sure. Exactly. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I See, I'm doing some preemptive defense of The Walking Dead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, Maggie's preparing to do something insane. Uh she notices the Al- – or no, Aaron notices the Alexandrians painting Glenn's name on the Wall of Losses, which – I don't get this wall of losses. Was this a memorial to celebrate the people that were lost in the last 24 hours? Because there is no reg. We know it's not the wolf attack because they've got uh, Sturgis's name up there, and he wasn't involved in the wolf attack. Yeah. He was killed outside the gates on Rick's mission. Yeah. But they have. They don't have Aiden. They don't have Reg. Yeah. I mean, Pete, okay. I, I I guess they would argue not to have him name, but there's a lot sure. of important names, and like it just says in loving memory. I would think that that's everyone they've lost, and yeah, do they not watch their own show? Like, how hard is it to be like you forgot Reg and Aiden? There's room. There's <laughs> even room for them to be put up there. There was. I, I, I don't know why they didn't have him. Thought that was crazy. Uh, but anyway, uh, Aaron says, "Hey, I'm on to you, Maggie. I see that you're just using this rebar. It's not an explosive tip." Uh, grenade spear like Aaron thinks you're going to make some kind of wind chime light motion thing wait till it's dark distract the zombies jump down sprain your weak ass ankles <laughs> and then you're going to be fucked that's true and he says I actually know a safer smarter plan and she's like no this is mine and he's like oh no this is actually I'm I'm the blame and you know they have this little song and dance uh, Deanna inspired by her son's crowd dispersing shame inspiration Goes on a city planning spree. She and she's just... she's thinking, what would Reg do? She's looking at her ring. She's like, how would Reg sit down, buckle down and help here, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then she, she gets out some schematics, some maps of the city, and goes to town. Yeah, and she writes this phrase. It's a Latin phrase. I forget. I, we looked it up yesterday. I don't remember what it means. But it's, some, it's kind of along the lines of that which doesn't break you makes you stronger. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Some, yeah, something like remember this evil or something like that. I, 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 it was like this pain will this pain see you will be through to your or, benefit. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And I don't know if that's a... So some people interpreted that as a message to herself. Well, she draws an arrow to the wall, which I think is the truck, like symbolically. Huh. The, this wolf attack, this truck, this, like, she, some, so I, I don't know, I think she's just broken. I think she's had a full-on psychotic break here. But because this, is, this means something, like, close encounter style. She's not just shaping mashed potatoes for her own health. She's, 
She's planning crop rotations and but she's doing where they can set up education. She's and, still doing some weird shit. Like she's right. It, okay, we've got an entire town of people to feed. Uh-huh. What crops are you going to plant? Uh, Just give me three off the top of your head. Barley. Okay, that's a good one. Alfalfa. No, that's a terrible one. Uh, and, and straw. <laughs> that's, I assume. Alfalfa? That's why actually is she one planting the... alfalfa? Okay, I, yeah, no, I was just giving you what you wrote yeah, down. Yeah, no, like, why is she planting alfalfa? She writes corn twice almost. She writes corn, Isn't barley, alfalfa, cor- oops, not corn again. We've already done that one. <laughs> Let's put wheat in here. Isn't there something to, like, the crop rotation where, like, yeah, you don't eat that, but it, like, loads the ground full of electrolytes? Yeah, well, that's what soybeans that's are That's what crops need. You do corn and soybeans. That good. You're really? done. That's all you need? I think so, yeah. And then with a bunch of Monsanto Well, sure. Dust? Yeah, you need GMOs. You're not going to feed this whole town without GMOs. <laughs> Come on. So, yeah. I, but I, I, I don't know what she's doing. Like, really, Alfalfa, you need, you need a Mark Watney in this town showing you the most calorie dense foods on the planet but please. what if she's wanting to like mount up they're gonna there's some wild horses they're gonna tame nearby <laughs> and they need a stable of horses because uh, hey all right we're, we've talked all about right. this you're getting two and a half three years in a zombie pot gas gas is gonna start being jelly and and diesel not far off and these cars are gonna be breaking down like yeah you need you need a environmentally friendly form of transportation you need to start planting well you can make us good for thousands of years is all i'm saying you can i mean you can run diesel cars off of a lot of biodiesel stuff right you can't run a diesel car for like two thousand years jim you can you can ride horses from the bronze age to present day you can if you have daryl in the mix daryl fix it right up daryl break a horse no problem Break it right in half right over his knee as an example to the rest of them. I think she's losing her shit, though. She's writing corn twice. She has no idea what she's doing with this plan. Uh, Spencer comes She home. She writes education and then training and then an arrow over to intellect. That's what education is, you <laughs> lunatic. She's cracked the code. <laughs> she's cracked the code, man. She's cracked something, all right. This is science. Cracked a bottle of booze. So she comes home and Spencer, speaking of, has cracked a bottle of booze. He's raided the food pantry himself. And it's funny because when we were live watching this, I said, what is he going to do? Say, I actually saved the food, so of course a small tithing should go to me (laughs) as a ridiculous argument. And then he pretty much says, I kept the entire pantry from burning to the ground, so I think I should steal a few things. And that's crackers and pickles and peanut butter. and And her mom started to get. His mom started to get high and mighty on him, and he's like, look, this is your fault. You're the reason we're so pathetic that, mm. you know, Aiden and Dad, it's all on you. We were never safe here, and you just wanted to dream. And she said, shut up, Spencer. I, 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 you're, you're getting away with me telling you my latest dream involving <laughs> barley and, and wheat and intellect. Yeah, how quickly that faded away from her consciousness. Well, you know, and your son gives you a vicious verbal thrashing like that. What, where, where do you go? Where do you go? Yeah, it seems... Full-on Phantom of the Opera mode, apparently. I wonder if they're going to bring that back, because it seems like by the end of the episode, he has calmed down quite a bit. Okay. Uh, perhaps she is actually going to try to enact this plan she's got for the city? I'm curious about what the plan actually is. Me too. I think it's it's going to be, like, she's going to have this thing where Rick is, you know, that she's like the bureaucrat planner doing the things that... I mean, she'll be farmer. She'll, be, she'll take care of the farmer half of Rick, and Rick can just stay in warrior yeah. king mode. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is a siege, right? I mean, this is a siege we were talking about yeah. with, with this zombie herd yeah. outside. They can't go outside. They can't get more food. So she's coming up with a way for them to survive this thing inside the city. Yeah. That's that's good. That's what you got to do. She, As much as, you know, she is 
fucked up the planning of this thing and needs more calorie-dense foods. She is Mark widening the shit out of this. Yeah, she is sciencing the She's shit out of this. She's going into action. Said. I like it. So we got a scene with Ron and Carl where Carl's like, look, we got to go find Enid. And Ron's like, I'm not going to find her because she was my girlfriend, but she didn't listen to me and stay inside of stupid walls. And Carl said, okay, well, need to go find I guess she's my girlfriend now, and I love her more, so I'm going to go find her. And Ron says, and, and then Ron tries to stop him, and Carl says, please, and throws him down by his face mm-hmm. contemptuously. And then Ron says, I'm going to tell on your dad. <laughs> And then all the people you care about that are the badasses will go out to find you and Enid, and someone will die, and you know it, so stand down. And Carl has no response to this. You use the weapons you have. You do. And if tattling is a weapon that you choose to use because you don't have the brawn to take Carl, go go for it, man. More power to you, I guess. Yeah. You're still a weasel. Yeah. I mean, but the weasel fights with the weapons he's got. Like, if the weasel was a wolf... He probably wouldn't be in chicken coops, you know, picking on fat yeah. chickens. But if he was a wolf, he'd be pulling down elk and caribou. But he's not. <laughs> he's go. not. He's a weasel. So yeah. what you, you're gonna you're gonna be chicken. That's that's I think the lesson Aesop told, taught us. Yeah. Uh, so D- Denise, I I think I called her Patricia. I screwed up. Patricia's someone else. Denise is okay. the lady who was the psychologist um, or psychiatrist. I'm not sure which whichever one is the MD because I don't want to offend anyone by depriving them of their doctors. Yeah, she's the she's the person with the med school, but she's not really a surgeon. Uh, but she's hitting the books. She's like reading all these medical journals, and Tara just comes in and checks in to kind of you know make sure she's being emotionally supportive. And she just full on Rikers that chair, spins it around, straddles it, and you pointed out that it's to hide the baby bulge. Yeah, obviously it's she's- and. Uh, that's, that's she's looking brilliant. pretty pregnant in that big ass sweater they gave her the, with, the hoodie, with stuff in the front pocket like, yeah, so the, it looks like she's got books in her pocket she's what? got she's got Come a on. whole new york times sunday new york times yeah. sprinkled up and stuffed in those pockets yeah we know what's up sure i yeah again as a as a heavy as a person with a gut you know i, I sometimes wear hoodies because uh, even when it's hot and i'm sweltering in the yeah, studio because it good. makes me look less fat sure so i know sure. the tricks uh so she uh, Denise just wants to go back and read War and Peace and pretend like the world is is uh, going to be fine, but she's got this man who's dying in her hospital. She's reading scripts from Grey's Anatomy, right? <laughs> ah, there screenplays. You go. There you go. She's got all the DVDs of House, uh, and she. But she. That's the thing that's keeping her there. It's like she wants to run away and hide, but she's not. And to me, that's the definition of courage. Mm-hmm. So, no, I I like her, and I thought the scene was good. Like there was nothing. Yeah. Again, it's like a lot of times. And I feel like Denise would be played as this pathetic, clearly simpering, cowardly figure that gets bullied into doing what they want. And here's this, I feel like, a really good portrayal of a normal person who's lived. This feels like an authentic Alexandrian. And I also... They're not so stupid and cowardly I want to kill them on principle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm liking Denise, and I'm liking her interactions with... The, the other characters, like Tara and Eugene. Imagine if all the other Alexandrians were this three-dimensional and believable. It'd be great. It'd yeah. Be great. Instead of, you know, Mr. Uh, pull out a gun and shoot three of my compatriots, trip on my dick and get eaten by a zombie, you have more yeah. more Denise's, less uh, Sturgis's in the world, is what I'm saying. So Jessie's walking home, and she sees some awkward movement in a neighbor's house, and she gets all nosy. And there is a real-life Atlanta, no, D.C. zombie housewife in here. And Jesse kind of sets her jaw, 
cracks open a door and gives her a little tiny poke, a little poke in the eye. Yeah, I'm going to give this zombie. Pops her zombie brain. Zombie kill of the week. <laughs> Seriously, she kills this zombie with the least amount of effort required. Okay. The efficiency. Yeah, yeah. And there were really no other good kills in this episode. There were some great zombies in this yeah, episode, you're right. but the they kills were, were lackluster. Yeah. You don't a wet paper mache zombie doesn't require that much. No, yeah, you can just kind of squeeze its head, probably. And there was nothing inventive; it was just knife to the head yeah. for all these. So, uh, so and she turns around, and I don't know what. There's these looks of vague disgust and reproval and reproach upon the Alexandrians watching her do this, and she says, "Look, I'm going to recite the speech that Rick has given at least five uh, times this season, and you guys." But now it's coming from Alexandria. Th- so this, pay attention. these are the way things are now. Yeah, this is the world. Do you see this zombie? This, this is how the world works now. As if the walker, the twenty deep walkers at the gates weren't enough, and the, the and the pack of wolves just came. Back. Exactly, like, they, killed half of them. I feel like again they shot this in an order that made sense and then played it back and now it's like I I don't know. That's the thing that I'm super worried about. Like I talked about at the beginning, are we going to see Rick in the RV and his journey back? I think the answer is yes because their MO seems to be fucking with the timeline in ways that are unnecessary. They need a better system. I don't know whether they're just you know post-it notes and they get blown off the wall and they're just like oh which way <laughs> did they go? I don't remember. They need a better system. Yeah. Uh, my notes to say, oh, Jesus. So, Double Aaron is showing Maggie the super big draining ditches. I mean, these are not quite Bane under the streets of Gotham, improbable draining ditches, but they're pretty close. Like, I get it. Alexander's the home of the future, so maybe it was designed to deal with, like, you got things like probably hurricanes you got to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. in the swamps of DC. I mean, well, I mean, the size of these people is telling me that the sewer it's system true. gets stressed. True, there is they some... stress the plumbing every so often uh, in this and, town. And you got to design, yeah, for for this these people's food intakes. And and you know maybe it's over engineered. We Could saw be. the engineers in this town. Could be. Uh, so she says, "This isn't your fault. You don't have to do this." And he says, "Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard my speech and introduction, saving Rick's ass, but it kind of is." So there's conversation number two about that. <sighs> yep. Trudge off through the muck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they arrive at a blockage. I think I, – I'm still not sure exactly what the set was for this, but my – I think what happened is a ladder fell down here and jammed up crossways in a pipe like a big branch as an obstruction that a whole bunch yeah. of debris formed around. Mm-hmm. Because I thought initially that there was a ladder to get, like, to surface access or something that had fallen down. But, no, I think it's just, like, a construction ladder. Or just some... Oh, see, I thought it was a surface ladder, too. Really? Okay. But maybe it wasn't. But it, the important thing is it was blocking a pipe, and, you know, like, if you you know if, if something blocks a drainage pipe, it gets all nasty. And there's a nice, efficient line from Aaron, look, I haven't been down here in sure. since, since the beginning of this whole thing. Right. But I when I was, I knew there was a gate that we could get through. Right on. So they clear up the blockage, and the most disgusting... Uh zombies in the walking dead history shamble onto the screen the shit walkers they're they're glorious that's that's what they are i'm pretty sure this is only rain and storm water but i I prefer to think of it as a sea of human shit again like i said (laughs) i i I don't know if i said this on instant cast or live watch but i've you know cleaned swimming pools Mm. or gutters gutters is another good one gutters Gutters that have been left way too long Uh, but but like a swimming pool residential swimming pool has been left uncovered and now you're cleaning out for the season and you're dredging out with buckets and there's just leaves and dead squirrels and frogs yeah. and earthworms and mm. just sludge and it smells exactly like shit. 
Like, no one's shit yep. in the pool, to my knowledge. I wouldn't imagine persons would in well, the winter. Yeah. Now you mix actual real human shit in there with, with it, and it can't smell good. It's a bad scene. Uh, cra- crazy, amazing special effects. Like, I, I love yeah, this stuff. And like, and, like, I'm trying to think how you'd fight a zombie with that, because the other thing about this stuff, it's all slimy as hell. Yeah, and they do a great job of depicting that, with Maggie's hand just kind of sinking in purchase. and up yeah, and over. Like it grabs and, the rib uh, cage and then it just kind of detaches and it's just really, yeah. really gross. And Horrible. I didn't think any, any of that stuff could, could affect me, but I, I think if I was eating, it would have put me <laughs> off my food. <laughs> All right. So Aaron jumps in and kind of saves her and she says, you should go back now. And he says, I just saved you. And she goes, I could have done it myself. And I'm like, no, 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 no you, you definitely couldn't have. You couldn't kill one of them. And there were two of them there. Yeah. You would have been eaten from the ankles or the face, one of the yep, two. Yep. Uh, so then Denise back in her little infirmary is, is still pouring over these books, and she says, hot damn, and drains a shit ton. If, if the if the shit zombies didn't do it for me, if I was eating lasagna and I got to the pus draining scene, yeah. that definitely would have finished a job. Mm-hmm. She drains this pus from this dude's wound, and... It seemed like he was going critical with his heart rate. It's like, I'll beep, 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 beep. And she drains his pus and instantly it goes back down. Which, again, I'm not WebMD. I've not slept in a Holiday Inn, but I don't understand what was going on here. Like, we, he can die of a septic infection. I don't need the heart rate monitor to make it seem like she's diffusing a bomb. This is, this is advancement without the beeping. <laughs> I don't, you know? Eh, I mean, that's what TV does. I, I don't think. Do we have any doctors right in? Yes. Oh, okay. As well, a matter of fact, do, and I was going to save it all for there. Uh, then, by all means. Okay. So, Rick, uh, even though he gave this big speech about being quiet and staying, laying low and not turning on lights, he's he's parading his juicy ass up on the, the battlements of Alexandria, uh, which I get it. You want to keep an eye out for Glenn, but can you crouch? Can you can you try to hide yourself from the zombies? Like, I get it's slim chance that these guys are just going to wander away as a herd. But, you know, you're not following your own advice. Yeah. And he's trying to get a CB signal, so maybe that's why he's so high. Ron decides to join him. He completely tattles on Enid and Carl for reasons that are unclear to me as of yet. Uh, And Rick says, oh, I better check on Carl to make sure he's not going to do something stupid. And Ron says, I'll stay and guard the place. And he's like, "Uh, these 20 deep zombie posse is doing a fine job of guarding us. I'm just keeping a lookout for the group. And then Ron asks to be taught how he can protect himself. And I don't know if he's genuine or not. It's a good question. I His weasel face tells me he's not genuine, but the way it's written and presented and kind of I I kind of think maybe it is. And maybe it's supposed to be ambiguous. I think it is supposed to fool Rick into thinking that Ron has had some kind of change of heart, or is at least okay enough with the situation. Uh, but what game is he playing? I mean, I know there's a big question about the blood crack at the end, but I... We have some feedback about that as well. I'm, I'm not sure, because I'm not sure what game he's playing. Because at first I thought he was trying... What he was going to do is distract Rick, and he was going to jump down and try to save Enid, because he's that stupid. I mean, maybe he did, after the fact. We don't know. Could be, but you'd think someone would notice that he was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like before it's dark time and before Jesse starts fucking with the laundry in the garage waiting for Rick's streetcar desire to pull in, that yeah. she would notice that her eldest son, who's been acting weird and distraught lately, is is gone. Well, who knows what the fuck Sam's doing upstairs. Well, there you like, go. She doesn't really care to keep track of her kids. Come on. Uh, yeah, come on now. 
It's a little too, too early to be putting the lorry boots on her. I mean, if that were Carl, he'd be out that window in a second. <laughs> Actually, he would have gone out the front door. Fuck the sure, window. Yeah. There'd be 19 people in the house having family dinner, and he'd Playing walk right pinnacle. out the front door. Yeah. Chuck Deuces. <laughs> peace. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I, we have I, feedback. That okay. We'll, talk, we'll discuss it then. Okay. My thought is that he, against my better judgment, he's actually genuine, that he wants to be, he wants to be able to protect his mom and his sister, and he doesn't want the likes of Carl to show him up. And Rick clearly is a badass. And maybe, as revenge, made the other angle I thought about is maybe for revenge on Carl, he's going to try to be his dad's A number one pal. Oh, Okay. It's like a jealous, you know, it's like, oh, you, t- you, you took my father from me. I'm going to take your son's father. I mean, cl- there's no way that would work. But Ron doesn't know that, and he's a teenager. Yeah. I, I thought the kid playing... Not a particularly, like, not one of you, like, people are, not, those teenagers listen to Bald Move podcasts, like, really sharp ones. Yeah, they, they know what's That, up. like, are well-informed about current events. Like, they this are, is your yeah. average, you know, the you know, you go to high school with them. The, the, he's that yeah. kind of teenager. Yeah. So... I, I, th- I thought that this kid did a better job acting in these scenes in this episode than he did in previous ones. No, uh, yeah. Like, that I, scene with his mom a couple episodes ago was bullshit. This yeah. one was much better. Yeah. Uh, so Denise goes up and kisses Tara full on the lips. And it's a it's a, a mommy-daddy a kiss. Or a mommy-mommy kiss. <laughs> okay. Because we debated this on the instant cast. Like, I'm not sure if it was just like a, you know, thank you for, you know, saving my bacon or... This is how I'm showing appreciate. No, I, it's definitely some yeah. passion there. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm wondering what she expects to come of it. Like, does she expect Tara to go? All right, we're boy, we're girlfriend, girlfriend now. Like, you know, I, that- I I think that her whole thing is like this is into the, the world, and you're right. Being afraid sucks. And I've thought you were cute ever since you walked in the gate, and, and you gave me confidence. And yeah, all of these and things, you know yeah. what? Fuck it. The worst you can say is no. I don't want to be with you that way. And I, well, in which case, sure. what have I lost? You know, you've been menaced by zombies and almost dead. This is not the worst thing that's happened to you in the last seven days. Yeah, the fear of rejection. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you were a, a teenage boy, it might be. And also, but... I kind of nursed you back to health. So how mad can you really be? Like she's had, she had all the, the defenses ready, but I don't know that she'll need it because I think Tara, Tara's into her. Maybe so. The confidence is looking. She's good. surprised by it up front, which is to be expected. But by the way, I, I think thought, she warms to it. I thought that Denise was cute, and I decided to look up the actress who's been in like uh, Jackie uh, Nurse Jackie Brown. Is that it? Nurse Jackie. It's just Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie Brad would be a really a cool very crossover. Script, yeah, uh, she's legit. Yeah, like she is. This actress is is super cute, okay. super cute. They have made her uh, as as many actresses before her. They throw on the you know n- very minimal makeup, the the c- hair. They're dressing her Bad and clothing, dressing yeah. her all frumpy, and she's got mm-hmm. glasses and and you know just just wait. I, we're gonna we're like three episodes away from a make makeover and okay. They're going to be very charming couple. Yeah, we'll see. Or maybe Tara's just not as shallow as I am, and she'll just see through all that. <laughs> it doesn't need her to doll up. Yeah, you don't really love me. You were just impressed by yeah. your own success here. And yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think you know Tara's at least impressed by our moxie. Don't know where it's going, but it wasn't a hard no for sure. Yeah. I thought it was enthusiastic. Uh, so. Maggie gets to the gates, and Aaron's like, this is great. We got here, and there's no zombies. What luck. <laughs> Smooth sailing. And Maggie says, nope, it's over. I'm calling it. And then she makes a, a ruckus, and the zombies close in. And now it's impossible to get through. Mm-hmm. And she goes on this like really long tangent about 
how I made Glenn burn his last picture of me. And I so told you, Maggie, <sighs> I told you when you did that, yeah. that was a bitch move. And it would blow up in your face. Yep. And now I, I'm, I'm pregnant. I don't know if he's alive, but I have to live with all my decisions, and you have to live with them too. And she's like, "Get." I think in this word salad, we're supposed to get that she is in a situation where now she's got another person's life that depends on her, and she cannot, even as she loves Glenn very, very much, she can't, like, what would Glenn want her to do? The last thing Glenn wanted was to take her, I mean, hey, I want you to sit this one out because exactly. you're in the family way. Yeah, he knew. And she decided to, instead of going after and do what she wants to do to try to honor what he wants to do, I think. I think. I think so, yeah. And also, the last, the last thing he'd want is for Aaron to get dragged along and killed as well. Yeah, and she, I don't know. There's also there, there's a, a lot of confusion of... here over, you know, Glenn's uncertain demise, where you know she's not certain if he's dead or alive, and because she also talked out both sides of her mouth of that too. Like, you yeah. know, Glenn's smart and he would signal me if he's alive, but I can't give up. And yeah, I mean, I guess it felt fairly genuinely confused. Like she, I felt it was. You know, I, I didn't like all this. You should go back. You should go back. You should go back. But when she finally decided to make the decision, I thought it was a sober decision that she made. And, like, you know, the fact that she almost died was she, would really rattled her. Her ankles were feeling a little weak. Her ankles were getting yeah. weaker by the Trudging moment. through that yeah. slop. Calcium leaching out of the bones. Uh-huh. So that's my, my interpretation. Can we talk about how how just – I mean, this is so similar to what happened with Beth. This is essentially the exact same situation that happened with Beth. Well, actually, with Beth, we didn't get to see these conversations where she wrestled with her sister being gone. No, no, no. I mean the scenario. What's, okay, What's sure. going on here? Okay, yeah. Glenn has gone missing. She's mm-hmm. not sure if he's alive or dead. That is exactly what happened to Beth. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you had Daryl coming back from wherever he was saying, it, it should have been saying, Beth is alive mm-hmm. and we need to go after Beth. Okay. So now she's all broken up about this shit? I I thought we agreed that we're not going to put me in a position where I had to defend The Walking Dead too strenuously. I'm sorry. When they do these things, I can't help okay, but put you so in that position. I think I've cracked a code, you know, Deanna style. I, I, I figured out that barley equals intellect. And I think that what I've come to appreciate is there's two versions of The Walking Dead. The thing that they're trying to do... And the thing that actually makes it on the screen. Okay. And if you go with what's on the screen at all co- costs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eventually you'll get to a place where you're watching a completely different show than what the show is actually on now. Because mm. they they are trying to do this one thing and think they're smashing it, think they're killing it. Like, oh, I guess the fans said that we didn't really sell this whole Maggie and Beth thing. I know. I'll, I'll have, I'll have uh, Maggie. I'll have Miss Cohen knock it out of the park in the finale. Like, Daryl's going to come she knows she's with dead. Beth all limp in her arms. Emily's going to be hanging there like a rag doll. And, 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 and she's going to go down on her knees and just scream. And people are going to burst. And, and, but what we saw is, like, a girl who just didn't give a damn about her sister for a season and a half. Yeah. And then suddenly just flips her shit mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, to try to make up for it. And we're like, we don't buy any of this emotional thing. But if you if you divorce that, so it's the way I see this <laughs> is like you know like when you get like when you got a friend 
and like, there's two friends that are telling you about what this other person's doing. And like the person that's friends with them and sympathetic, the person that hates them. I feel like I'm getting the story of Maggie missing Beth through Maggie's worst enemy. Yeah. Like, you just won't believe it. That bitch walked around like all she cared about was her boyfriend, and she didn't even ask about Beth and like all these opportunities. <laughs> and then when they finally found out she's dead for real, she put on this big show like she cared, but you know she didn't. You know she didn't. She just wanted attention in the moment. And I'm like, okay, okay, s- settle down, Satan. Uh-huh. Maybe the, the – so I'm, I guess the show hates Maggie Green and told this vicious lie about how she felt about her sister, and that's how I'm rationalizing – this. As someone who spent a lot of time in the Star Wars versus Star Trek debates, okay, I'm surprised that you're willing to grant that leniency. Sure. As someone who analyzes, you know what? The laser beam was this long. You're right. It must have been traveling this fast. Analyzing must have this as a documentary serves, serves, doesn't yeah. serve you well. Yeah. So no. you've grown past that. I, you've grown past what is what is accurate on the screen and what is intended. I, I don't know what's unclear. Barley equals intellect. <laughs> like just just embrace that and i need a shirt that says barley equals intellect. it's like the, alfalfa equals it's those 3d intellect. posters you just kind of like cross your eyes and suddenly the sailboat pops out at you yes Bar- if you can un- if there you, you can internalize the barley equals intellect you have to ignore the surrounding bullshit to see the true picture there you go yeah so that's how i enjoy the walking dead now okay great <laughs> did, did you also think this was maybe a meta commentary where they're trying to get us to feel Show that Maggie is feeling the same confusion that we as an audience should be feeling had they not fucked it up 3D no, image yeah, style I think with Glenn. Yeah, no, I think they're also trying to like encourage people like me that are not thinking too much about it and discourage people like you. <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know. Okay. Ma- Maggie always grieves. Okay, I got one other I non-meta have... argument for this. Yeah. Beth and Maggie lost her father. Maggie was like distraught, and Beth internalized the whole thing that Maggie had been preaching up to then, which is we got to keep on keeping on. That's what Daddy would want us to do. Mm-hmm. And then when Beth went missing, like the, as a way to honor that last memory, she stonewalled and kept it together and kept moving on and trying to do this and that. And then when she Beth got was doodle dead, she, she got, got she got double doodlebug because she shut off the Damn death it. of her father and her sister. So there's also that. Okay. Now, right. I don't know that I actually grant the show being that clever, and, and I also don't think they did a very good job of telling that story. I suppose that that's story an interpretation you could draw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I think we have a lot more email about the, the Glenn stuff, so I'm not going to go on about it. Would not surprise me. Uh, so Jesse made Sam cookies because she hears he likes cookies. What she doesn't understand is whatever the snickerdoodle nightmare she made they're not Carol's cookies. Those are hardly cookies at all. Carol, they don't have the ingredients to make cookies. Carol, Sam steals for Carol after she threatened to tie him to a tree and kill him. Mm -hmm. That's how good Carol's cookies are. Your cookies can't even get a boy off the top step of the staircase. Jesse halfway down the stairs. You should be ashamed of your cookies. They're bad. Plus. Yeah. They just, they didn't have any chocolate chips. What are you going to do? You know, it's like you go into any subway and they got four cookie drawers and it's chocolate chip. It's sugar cookie. M&M. It's like, Peanut butter, macadoon, and no, you and, lost and me. Oatmeal raisin. Come, that's not even a cookie. Why isn't it like that's oh, a breakfast? Chocolate that's... chip, chocolate chip, chocolate chip, and all the other unwanted cookies jammed into <laughs> one thing. So when a weirdo comes yeah. in for oatmeal raisin, they can throw it to him. Sure, but they're always out of chocolate chip because they try to maintain equal. They're they're they're, they're forcing equality of the cookie down our throats, Jim. Yeah, and I won't stand for it. No, it's it's clearly wrong. Uh, so. He 
she she says like you can eat these wretched cookies. The only condition is you have to come downstairs with me to do it. And he's like, you know what? Keep your cookies, woman. <laughs> Slam. And that's the scene. Yeah. What's going on with Sam, Jim? Sam's scared to fucking death, man. <laughs> he's he's scared of the people around him. He's scared of Carol. He's scared of uh, monsters. He's he's scared of all types of shit. There's, I mean, it, it feels real to me. Like this no, kid like, is just fucking. He doesn't terrified. feel safe. Like the adults yeah. are losing their shit. He's got everything that they've done. Also, he's like nine, and his dad just got murdered by a dude that's macking on his mom. And there was a dead woman in his kitchen earlier. And a dead woman in his kitchen, like, and and her, her her his brother is off running around, God knows where. Like this yeah. this little kid's world is in constant upheaval. There's something perverse about me that likes the constant torture they heap upon poor little Sam. <laughs> Some of it, it I think it's me. really funny. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, move on. Uh, we're moving on. Deanna is outside, completely spacing. I guess she's returning what's left of her her son's thievery to the pantry. Is what I'm getting. Yes, and she's she or hears, stealing more. It could be. And she, yeah, her son's super persuasive. We've seen that. So she's just sure doing some. More it's looting. in the same basket. I think she's taking it back. <laughs> uh, there's a loud argument being had. Which I think she's kind of like, oh, God, this could be another, like, is this another Pete situation? Or is she just, yeah. is this a meta commentary on the community fracturing? Could be. Because it's not, like, a peaceful thing anymore. Uh, but as she's pondering this, she's jumped by a resurrected wolf. And she's a game fighter, you know? She's like, I got this broken bottle. I've seen, I've seen Roadhouse. I know how this works. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. But she has no tactics. She just yeah. tries to come at him right at the breastbone, the arguably strongest part of the zombie. <laughs> like, it, you could probably do less damage stabbing him right in the ass, mm-hmm. but breastbone is the, is, is the clear uh, second choice for least effective way to t- attack a zombie. Completely ineffectual. No, it doesn't do, do she's, she's 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 moving around and burning calories and having a good time, but the zombie is not even being phased. She's trying to punish this zombie, right? Like, Yeah. She's... she's delivering a fuck you to this zombie. Sure. She I think she knows. You got to you got to get it in the head. She just doesn't care. Uh Rick jumps in and saves her and she's had an epiphany during this time. She says, "Look, I want this place to survive, but to do that it needs a leader." Mm-hmm. And Rick says, "Yeah, you need to lead." And she goes, "Nope, we need you to be our warrior philosopher king. Rick Tatorship yeah. for life. I'll be your civil servant." And Rick's like, Oh no, Deanna! I wouldn't possibly think of taking this responsibility from you. Even though that's kind of exactly what he's been <laughs> doing the whole time. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's just like you know, Mwah, excellent. <laughs> uh, so Maggie decides to come back and scrub Glenn's name off the wall. Which honestly, she should have flipped her shit on those people putting those names out prematurely. Anyway, like yeah. what the fuck? What about Nicholas? Is she going to take Nicholas off that wall too, or is she not give a shit? I don't think she gives a shit. Which, I don't think she gives enough. a shit either. But. Come on, if you don't think Glenn is dead, you got to think Nicholas the thing isn't is, dead either. I, here's why she does care about Nicholas. Because Glenn decided to die on that hill. Like, I want to rehabilitate this guy. I don't want to rat him out as the weasel he is. I want to teach this yeah. weasel how to fight like a wolf. Uh-huh. And if she gives up on Nicholas, it's kind of giving up on Glenn's sacrifice and his magnanimousness. So you think his name's coming off the wall, too? Yes, I okay. think that's what Aaron was double Aaron was working on. All right, uh, Spencer. Also, there's also he said, "Hey, just so you know, Aaron works good for a boy, a girl." And I'm this and, fucking and, guy. and Maggie's like, ha, 
that's nice. But if it's a boy, it'll be Herschel, and if it's a girl, it'll be Beth. Exactly. And and, Go, and so fuck off or fuck you. That's the other thing. Uh, middle name of fuck Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> Herschel. Fuck Aaron. Whatever it is, you had one. Smith. You had one sewer hug, and you think she's going to name your child her child yeah. after you? She, th- you don't even know her, man. This she, her father was Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> he held the prison together yeah. with the strength of his f- will. Yep. And her her sister was the hero of Slap Town. <laughs> you think you're going to get named, Mister Baby no. Jar Food? And I mean, if Glenn is dead, there's no fucking way. That boy's being named Glenn, or the daughter's being named Glenn. This man won't eat applesauce. You're not going to get named a child after you if you refuse to eat applesauce. Let's move on. Uh, Spencer is leaving Rosita because he swapped shifts with someone else, which I I only mentioned because... Is this because he's trying to atone? Like, he's trying to pull double duty to, like, extra make up for all his personal shortcomings? Is he kind of developing a relationship with Rosita and looking for excuses to be close to her. She looks like she's... I haven't really seen any of that, well, except for this episode. He, she, she was the one that gave him that speech two episodes ago about how do you survive? You find something that you're willing to die for. And then crackers. He, he... Yeah, crackers in this case. But he had kind of like a longing look after her. Like, she, he's impressed with her. Okay. And I huh. never... Like, you know, I always go back to, like, her and Abraham, I never felt like that was a capital R relationship. It was a relationship of convenience. That was that was yeah. like, you know, some buddy fucking. Is it what it felt like well, to me? Well, he's not going to fuck Eugene, so who's he going to fuck? <laughs> Rosita's the next second up. second best buddy. The second sexiest of the two. <laughs> uh, yeah, he fully respects her hair game, too. <laughs> but she says, hey, you did a good job with the truck. You really did save the community, arguably. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And she walks off, and he just scarfs down stolen crackers like the asshole he is. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's back. Like, the crackers are a problem in this scene for me because I thought maybe he was taking this duty because he wanted to make up for what he'd done. Yeah. But now he's chowing down on stolen crackers at the same time. So that to me is, says, no, that's not what he's there for. Do you think this is The Walking Dead trying to explore the banality of evil? Like, they've done the ridiculous circus clown version of evil for this whole time. It's like, we're just going to have a guy like... He's he's like a po- he's a better politician than his mom. Like he yeah. says things he doesn't believe, and he he dips into the honey pot and engages in a bunch of graft and pork and wasteful spending. And uh, there's something Could a be. little bit vaguely political about some of the statements they're making that I don't quite understand, or not yeah. even political, but like about the political process. Mm-hmm. You feeling that? Yeah, yeah. I think you know he's. He's duplicitous, certainly. So we go to Jesse's house, and she's going through some old laundry that I'm guessing was Pete's. uh, I think so. In the garage, and she's... Or it's Ron's. Ron's gone, and she's not going to look for him. And And she's she's not sure what, like, you know, what this... What she should be feeling in this shithole world. Yeah. When Rick makes a house call on her and, and explains... And this is kind of hard to unwrap, but I think the gist of it is... If you bury the bodies, then that's as good as saying that Glenn and Abraham and and Sasha and Sasha Daryl and, Darryl and, and all Michonne, them. all of them are not coming back anytime soon, probably ever. Michonne's not out there. Michonne's in town. Oh, sorry. You're right. And if we can just hold off, that will make that because, you know, I sold yeah. the story of them riding up here and, you know, they'll they'll help us clear out the zombies and then we can bury uh-huh. these assholes where they need to be buried. 
but it's it's kind of hard to follow that thread. I thought it's really hard to follow. Really the, unnecessary, yeah. convoluted dialogue. It is, but that is the point he's making. Certainly, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and she says, "Look, they could still be alive. We're not moving past this." And then she starts off this stuff at this 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 is what it means. This is what life looks like right now. And then he does the same thing back at her. He says, yes, you have gotten the message. <laughs> A-OK. Transmission uh-huh. received loud and clear. Ten by four. And she says, there's got to be a future. Tell me there's more to life than this. And he just comes over and straight up kisses her. Yep. And she straight up kisses him back. There's your more. Yep. There's your more to, to life. That's, uh, that's the, you know, he, 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 she, he gave her OxyClean and then hit her with Kaboon. <laughs> but Wait. There's this. All right. Uh, so Deanna then comes up and goes and slaps the fence, the front fence around oh, in defiance, yeah. showing those zombies who's boss. I'm going to plan alfalfa tomorrow, That's guys. That's right. You, what are you going to do about my, <laughs> my, my, my crops of, of alfalfa? Barley equals intellect. That's why we'll win, zombies. You can't grasp something like that. You're going to get intellect training going. And yes. Plant two patches She's, of corn. Wait, no, discovered one of Scientology. Wheat. Yeah. Uh, and th- I mean, she she treats the zombies the way you would passively aggressively treat a rude neighbor, like that's sure. like you're sharing mm-hmm. a wall with an apartment. Like you know, you could go out and say, "Hey, could you turn it down?" Or you could just bang on the wall, like, "I can hear you." Yeah. And she goes and walks past the fence, and the internet's losing its mind because they can't decide if the fence is splitting open or yeah. if it's blood dripping from above. I'm on the blood dripping from above bandwagon. I'm on the blood from somewhere bandwagon. It's either coming from above, which is totally possible. Like, it could be that little catwalk, which, you know, there have been some people with, with pictures I didn't find convincing. They were trying to prove that that catwalk is not in that position, but it could be Spencer's. I'm not certain that it is. It could be Spencer's killed himself. It could be Ron's killed Spencer. It could be Ron's killed himself. Yep. It could be zombies. Spencer's killed Rosita. <laughs> it could be zombies pushing so hard against the outside wall that there's blood, yep. like, essentially straining through a, a hole. Because there are holes in the fence. There's, like, rivet yeah. holes and stuff. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. I think but it's zombie blood coming through. I just – if this is actually, like, a metal fatigue rip, it's terrible it's the CG. Worst yeah. CG. And, and it's not making a really sound. Do that, like, does it? Like if you ripped a metal sheet like that, it would make this an unholy sound. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, also it just doesn't. That's not the way that. I mean, again, I'm not a I'm not uh, a uh, a huge thinker when it comes to cold rolled steel chemistry and metallurgy and all that. But yeah, we didn't have any. Uh... Architects I, I asked, or structural I asked, engineers. I asked our buddy right Levi, in. and he's like, "Oh, I haven't actually watched any of this season." I'm like, "Damn it! Good for you, man." Yeah, he, he, he escaped Alexandria. Yep, he's he Enid. He, he's the Enid <laughs> of our group. He wolfed out. But I, I think it's blood, and people are like, "Well, how does it do?" And I'm like, "Look, it's the way blood flows down a corrugated surface, especially one that's yeah. not perfectly straight or level." Yeah, blood drips. Yeah, what do you want? But. I, on the other hand, yeah, if that's not some kind of cliffhanger about someone's dead up there, then I don't know why they showed it. Because it does seem like the only other way to do that is to kind of communicate that the wall is weakening. Or I, it could literally just be communicating that the bad things outside are leaking in. Not not like yeah, the physically bad things, but like the, the badness that is outside of Alexandria everywhere yeah. is getting through, and Alexandria is starting to become part of it. I that. think it's a way to do that. It's just the way they did the camera moves and zooming in. It's more of a notice this yeah. new information that changes what you think about the situation more than I'm setting up a thematic shot. 
But, you know, again, I could be wrong. Uh, sure. The other thing I want to talk about is we they reinforce these panels with like a bunch of wood sticks and like you know there's I don't want to I don't want to make it sound more ridiculous than it is they're like railroad ties they're big, pretty substantial beams, sure yeah. but you've got Tobin in there we know for a fact they have spare panels on cold rolled steel why don't they just fix the goddamn fence like get some rivets hmm. get your welder swing up a couple panels like why you've got literally all day and there's nothing more important than to make sure this this fence stays up why aren't they just repairing it i don't know i don't know i mean i i got the impression that all of the the cold rolled steel they had left was outside of the fence well maybe they used it on that that hokey little wall that they bit at the rv that too. section yeah but i just feel figured that maybe they sh- don't have any man yeah, maybe you're right, but I just thought that bothered me. I would have, I would have thought it'd been much cooler if, although if they really do want that section to rupture open, then yeah. you wouldn't want them to just fix the wall as good as new. Because I will say that I, the other reason I don't think this metal's ripping is because I have I've completely turned the corner on my man Reg's fence. That fence is holding up yeah. like it's not even buckling. No. No, it, is, I, it didn't really even buckle much when the f- truck hit it. It's standing straight and tall. Those zombies twenty, it could be forty deep. But I don't think that's this wall stressing. This is what this ball. This is what this wall was built to withstand, and it's doing yeah. an admirable job. Good job, Reg. And the other thing is, like, um, with this tunnel discovery, I'm not even that worried about them starving in there because it's even uh, very clear you could get a commando team to clear out that five or six zombies, get out. Maybe some zombies follow you. You'll lose them. You go loot and and scavenge, and you come back. Like you've essentially got a back door that the zombies don't That's know true. about, and they're they're they can't get barley equals intellect, much less this brain <laughs> pipe opens up into all these brains. So yeah. I don't know. It feels like this is a pretty good siege location. Yeah, maybe Aaron should tell somebody about it. Yeah, other than Maggie. So before we get into feedback, we have a, a sponsor to talk about this week. Uh, it's a sponsor you're probably familiar with, and I'm very familiar with. I've been using the products for a long time now. That is Harry's. Harry's.com. The online razor company. Yeah. The online razor company is 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 sponsoring a podcast in November, the month of Movember. Sure. Where everybody is going crazy, growing after mustaches and beards and not shaving. It, that's They think yeah. that's a smart thing to do. That that surprises me. In fact, they're not just sponsoring with podcasts. They've sponsored... They've officially partnered with the Movember Foundation, what, who's what? making donations... Yeah, I hear. I hear. Keep issues. your friends close, your enemies closer. But this this seems like madness. I think it's kind of cool. I, I think you know if if you've got a month where people aren't going to be shaving, or, yeah, so, or so a, we a should good, explain good this because I'm not sure if this is an international thing or if this is just like yeah. What but, is Movember? So Movember is a month like you know October's Breast Cancer Awareness. Movember is growing out your your beard and your mustache to raise awareness for men's issues. Yeah, and there's men's a lot, health issues. Men's health issues like uh you know depression, suicide, uh prostate cancer, shaving. Shaving. You got to you got to shave. It's you a do. health issue. You do. So it's like I guess that's the big of them. They're they're supporting you know they have a product that's that's marketed towards men and they're raising awareness for men's centric health issues. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Embrace embracing the change instead of fighting it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a cool little twist on the thing. And, you know, I've been using them for a while, and I just upgraded to their Truman set, which is like a... I figured, you know what, I'm buying uh, I'm buying shaving creams and stuff from them anyway, and my handle's getting a little gunky, kind of kind of gross looking, so I figured I'd upgrade after like a year. So is it just a better handle? Yeah. What's, yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it's a nice handle. They, they've got, uh, you know, a kit 
that's like $15. And if you use our code, which is bald move, when you, uh, when you check out, you get five bucks off that. So it's only 10 bucks mm. to get razor, some blades, some shaving cream, some lotions. It's a pretty good deal. Just and you know, not set, drop the bomb on your face, just blasting the stubble. <laughs> it does. There's just, no hair can hide from it. It's, it's, yeah. it's the ultimate, uh, it's the way to end the, end the war on your face. Indeed. Indeed. So I, you know, decided to pick that up. Uh, if you want to get your own Truman set, or, or really anything over at Harry's, uh, you can go over to harrys.com right now, uh, and you can get $5 off as a special offer for our fans uh, if you use the code BALDMOVE, and that's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Just use the code BALDMOVE, and you get 5 bucks off whatever you purchase there. Good Christmas gift. Absolutely. You've got yeah. a weirdo like your dad or Jim Jones that you don't know what to buy for. You know, sure. And, and you know that he's... That a you, monstrous human being and, and, with and no except, emotions. Ex- except for the month of November, you see them rocking no beard, and that's a, yeah. it's a safe gift. A card's be- not going to cut it, man. Nah. You know what will cut it? The beard? The hair, not your face hair, but your beard. Not your face, oh, but okay. your face hair. will definitely uh-huh. cut your face hair. Yeah. Well, we'll cut the mustard Without as far cutting as your face. Without, it's fact, a safety yeah. razor. It's, it's, it's impossible to cut your face. It's good quality. You'd have too. to try yeah. really hard. You'd have to be an idiot. <laughs> and even then, it's hard. It's Harry's tough. Razors. Yeah. They'll cut the, the Christmas gift mustard. That's right. It's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Use code BALDMOVE. Save five bucks. What should we do now? Should we consider feedback? Yeah, let's go into feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can do so. Watching dead at baldmove.com or on forums.baldmove.com or yeah, there's also Facebook and Twitter, but I don't consider that feedback. I only take emails. That's that's just you firing across their bow. Firing firing a warning shot. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get on the show without an email. Yeah. Sorry. I mean there's the the, the email it, flies from such it's like a fire hose already uh, yes. that like you don't want the Dixie cups. And the five-gallon buckets, even. It's just insult to injury. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so I had to make brutal butcher's cleaver-type cuts. You had to, to rip a couple stuff. slimy rib cages off of this thing? Yeah, and the ones that I did read, I had to cut down, you know, like, mm, you get most, to that of, stage. most of their verbiage. They get a, they get a little verbose, our listeners. That, I mean, why would they? I, right? A why would they? As we're week. clocking an hour <laughs> seven on the damn recap of a 45-minute. Why would they do that, Jim? I don't know. Did they learn it from watching us? <laughs> I think so. All right, let's start off with Elaine T. She says, I don't, want, I don't watch The Walking Dead right away on Sundays and have the DVR set to record the show and Talking Dead right after. My DVR thinks two shows are recording at once, so the TV automatically switches to AMC right when Talking Dead starts. And if Hardwick started talking about the show right away, it would always be spoiled. I very much appreciate Hardwick doing the spoiler warning. It gives me time to grab the remote, mute the TV, and get the channel changed. Fair enough. That sounds like a complaint for your cable provider. But no, that... That your, that your cable box is fucking up. That that, no, that's thinks, the way it would work. Like, if you're recording... But not if you're recording back-to-back stuff. But let's say, here's the thing. So she's recording... Let's say she's already recording one thing on, t- on 9 o'clock, and she's watching... She's happily watching her other show. But then at yeah. 10 o'clock, she's got two things recorded. But she's still watching her other show. The, if the recorder's like mine, it can only record those two things. So it's like... Y'all channel switching now, unless you want, and it just automatically switches channels. All right. But so, yeah, I agree that I feel like that they're, instead of doing that, it should pop up. Do you want to change the channel? And if you positively say, like, let their, I don't know. It's so hard to, you're fucking over somebody, no matter what usage case you choose. (laughs) It's true. This guy walks up and goes to use the bathroom and he got a screen that says, do you want to continue the recording? You didn't say anything, so I'm not going to do it. And he missed the first five minutes of his show because his bladder was bursting. He's going to be mad. 
I don't. I, I think they're sure? doing as good a job as they can. All right, but Bradley asks. God, I'm def- I'm, def- I'm I know, defending Time I know. Warner and Comcast. You've lost your mind. I've got the I've got the devil is and who Chris I'm Hardwick at the same time. And Chris Hardwick you can't get worse. All than that. of it. Uh, Bradley, ask asks, me about Hitler, Pol Pot. <laughs> Bradley S says, "I'm looking at this giant herd of walkers, and I'm thinking, why are we staring at it? Could we use some of the rations to make some Molotovs and flush the crowd out through fire?" Why are they just staring at the goddamn things? There is no reason for this behavior other than to create artificial drama. A good episode, but I'm tired of the lack of practicality. The wall is falling apart. Do something. Yeah, no, I I don't know why. They they, they did this at the fucking prison. They knew what to do. They were started stabbing walkers in the fucking head. Well, they had to because the fence would be pushed down. That's but I, exactly what's happening. But here. I, I can think of like we have least, to because we're stuck in this town with like, no like food. You got rebar, right? You tie uh-huh. a rope around a rebar. You throw the rebar as a spear, and maybe one time out of four, you're going to hit a zombie sure. in the head. But it's unlimited ammo, and then you pull it back and you keep doing that. Like, I, you know, what else are you going to do? And you've got what forty people in this town? I don't know. There's a lot of people. Yeah. You you could certainly start clearing some walkers, even if it takes a while. It's better than doing nothing. Well, you keep the gate clear, you, sure. You keep the or, or build up a wall of dead zombies that someone could. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh, seems like there are solutions to this problem that they don't care to think about. Uh, Jasmine from Chicago, can we just talk about that freaking slap fight that Carl and Ron had? Uh, Carl, you've been on the outside for a long time. I know you know how to fight. What was that? If you wanted to take that kid down, why didn't you? I don't know that he wanted to punch Ron. Yeah, that, that's one thing. I also don't know that Carl is uh, a super badass, as Dan B. chimes in with. He says the thing about Carl, he is a badass because um, he's been hardened by the things he's seen. But without a gun, Carl's badness, badassness is greatly diminished. He's still just a kid. They touched on this a little bit after the prison when Rick was in his mini coma and Carl tried to man up, which ultimately led to him getting almost eaten by walkers on a couple of occasions and losing his shoe in the process. Mm-hmm. He's kind of looking forward to Carl getting his ass kicked by Ron. As much as I hate Ron, it would have been another good way to show that Carl still has some growing up to do and isn't at the same level as Rick, Daryl, Michonne, etc. Well, all that Obviously said, he's not, but I would have been livid if Carl had gotten beat by Ron. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree with the thing about him being a badass with a gun. I know, I agree saying. that. Like, I don't think he's like a MMA fighter. Um, and like even his dad, you know, as a cop, I imagine you get in a lot of scuffles if even if they're just with drunk people or whatever. But uh, and we've seen him getting some, you know, big big fights with people. Whereas Carl's always been the yeah. knifey knife, shooty shoot kind of guy. So yeah, I agree. Having okay. said that, I thought him and Ron are evenly matched, and the edge should go to Carl because he's just harder. Yeah. yeah, he just is. There's a good chance that Ron's never even been in a fight. I I would I, I yeah I'm going back on I wish Carl punched him. All right, uh, Kevin, I had to really butcher this email to get it down to something that I could read. So sorry if I butcher your points. Uh, and he says he wasn't a uh, a horror person or a Walking Dead comic reader before checking the show out. Right. So I, weigh that in. I see you. I see you over there. Uh, I feel like one of the biggest problems with the whole Glenn thing and a lot of the dumb Kirkman fakeouts and remixes is the people behind the show have completely bought into the way the last five years have changed how we consume media and entertainment. I think dudes like you guys and me are supposed to, are used to consuming and critiquing televisions as a weekly serial program because for the majority of our lives, it's the only framework we had to work with. It's my feeling that a show should excel in that formless in that format regardless of current technological slash viewing habit environment. Uh, there's a lot more here, but it's kind of just uh, belaboring the point. Um, I, I 
don't know that I totally Harsh. agree that they that they should have to do that. Like, I, I'm curious what the numbers are for like Netflix viewing. Like, how many people watch this on Netflix versus TV? I'm sure I, TV I is that, higher. I think I I think that when Gimple and Kirkman advance that, that's a weak point. It'd be like if we were like uh, video podcasts are the wave of the future, so we're going to hold up signs and do charades, and because that's the next level, and that's what people are going to. You're you're not serving your prime audience. You're in, you're punishing the people that are your most passionate fans that are getting you the ratings that are uh, enabling you to grow this this thing for theoretical future fans' enjoyments. It's it's a yeah. it's dumb. It's just they've heard other smarter people than them say that, and they're saying, "Oh yes, that's the criticism. This all makes sense on a rewatch." It's, it's dumb. I think a lot of it is. The stuff around the Talking Dead, kind of, you know, filling out and and being there, and Glenn, like the stuff with Glenn, where they they've got to give these these big statements about Glenn and try and cast doubt on whether Glenn's alive or not. That stuff, I feel like, is a product of the the internet, right? Like, yeah, we've got a hype machine and a marketing machine that has to be fed. Yes, and the only way we can do that is with ambiguous tweets and people coming on shows that shouldn't even exist in a world where the TV show holds up on its own. I, f- I feel like his point about us being kind of an audience that is out of touch with the rea- the current realities of the media mm-hmm. landscape mm-hmm. is kind of on point. Like I, I don't think that you can say, okay, television is in a vacuum is in a vacuum of just the hour that it's on the air. And, and ignore the part yeah. where they want to spin the hype up as much as they can, and they use the internet and other outlets to do that. You're essentially – it's kind of the same – like people say we hate negative attack political ads. But, but they work. They work. They yeah. absolutely work. And yeah. I guess the more well-informed you are, the more it's obnoxious. But you, it must be there's people that are like, oh, my god, that guy killed children. We ran him over with a fire truck. I can't vote for him, and like that's what they remember. And going I know into there the are. Polls. I mean, I look at the tweets that come across, and I see people who are just losing their shit and love fanatically the show. Yeah, yeah. Think it's the best thing they've ever seen. Yeah. And that's due to the hype. That's due to them maybe not being experienced with television. I don't know. But I mean, I don't know it what the, background is, the thing but, is, is like it makes you and I go crazy too. It's it's in a different kind of way. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And I feel like that's that is it is exactly like the negative political ads. The the quote unquote clued in people love the bitch about them and get worked up and why are they doing and like feel superior when someone stoops to it first and then the people that don't follow it just works on and. So The Walking Dead, you've got people that genuinely enjoy this kind of melodrama, and or maybe it's the first serious kind of drama they've watched, um, yeah. and it's blowing their mind, and I have to take those people seriously, but they're competing with the pe- the with the show that I want to be. But you know what? I I feel like I'm almost on the verge of li- losing that bias. What bias? Like then? I'm starting to appreciate The Walking Dead for just what it is. So that was another point that uh, that Kevin makes there. He's says so basically as as far as this last episode now would a better title would have been monologue city or perhaps meaningful eye contact. <laughs> uh, one thing I will give them is there's a handful of moments where I felt tense, unsure of whether or not something horrible was about to happen. That's all I really want from the show personally is to feel like some shit is about to go down and shit going down. Of course, yeah, but no, I mean, like, and, and I said that like a season ago, but I always fall into this fucking trap, especially when you got shows. When I'm so used to watching shows on HBO where 
the drama is accompanied by plots that make sense yeah. and by details that work in the universe mm-hmm. uh, being properly laid out. And now I'm, I sit back and I go, well, the, the thing that they're trying to do and the thing that they're presenting me with are two different things, and I don't know what to make of it. Well, and and it I can't help. just sit back and enjoy it because they want to be more, and it's fucking with me. Well, it doesn't help that we were, like, after episode two saying, like, man, if they nail this next episode with the herd, how can they not? How can they not? Yeah. This is going to be the greatest stretch, three-episode <laughs> stretch in Walking Dead history. It's not even debatable, right, Jim? Yeah. Like, it gets you in that, too, where it's like, oh, my God. Like, okay, some of this is shaky, but it's it's really working. It's really working. They got all the plates spinning. And then it's like, oh, now, hey, y'all, hold my beer, watch this. And the plates just go <laughs> Well, to his point, that the reason it worked so well is because it was action-heavy. It was, it was intense, and it was... Uh, exciting, and those are the kind of things that we want to see, I think, from The Walking Dead, because it's doing nothing else really well. Hmm. When yeah. it hits those notes, it does them really well, I think. Yeah. yeah. And also, because it's like, these actors, they can... T- so they take the action material, and you see really a- really excellent actors that are capable of doing emoting, and they're doing action. It's like... yeah. They're they're executing so far above what the level of what you're used to for sh- kind of schlocky action stuff like that. So they really knock it out of the park. But then when they slow down for the heavy drama, and again, this isn't an actor's problem. The writing is not it doesn't yeah, sure. doesn't rise to their level. So they're left kind of this floundering stuff, and it's still really good. Like <laughs> again, I'm thinking if this is your first like serious drama that you're watching that you paid you got drug in from the zombies, it's like man. Look at what Lauren Cohen is doing here, and look at what yeah. Andrew Lincoln is doing, and and like it's just you know just so such quality, and there's so much nuance here, but you don't realize that okay, well this is the fifth time we've heard this speech in as many weeks, and also this is the sixth year of the show, and we've heard it every season as a main <laughs> point, like yeah. So anyway, all right, Alex D says, uh, what's the point of these drawn-out soap opera episodes? Do you think the writers can't come up with enough engaging material? Do they think? Uh, do you think they even know what's engaging? Do you really think? Uh, do they really think this stuff is what we want to see? You'd think that a show with uh, about the zombie apocalypse, you'd get better content. Or I'm wrong, and everyone really loves these gems: Jesse baking cookies for freaked out son, angry teenagers wrestling over emo girl. Sad doctor constantly feeling sorry for herself. Oh, come Drunk, on now. I know, I know. Come on now. <laughs> Drunk Spencer yelling at mom <laughs> and on and on and on. Why is it this bad, honestly? I, I mean, I think we covered a lot of that in the last email. I've come to the conclusion that this is exactly the show. I thought that was that Gimple and Kirkman were aspiring to something that was just out of the reach. Yeah. I think they're making the show they want to make now. And uh, it's not because of lack of skill or budget or anything. It's just this is what... This is that this is the thing that they are dreaming about making, and they're making it happen. And there's a lot of people to love it, and I, I guess just so. I've learned to love it in a, in my own way. Okay, uh, Dan says so. After watching the latest episode of The Walking Dead, I'm inclined to feel a little sympathy for Ron and a nice juicy facepalm for Rick. First hmm. off, the guy who killed Ron's dad is now banging his mom, and the son of said dad is banging Ron's girlfriend. I do think Ron is annoying, but after this episode, you can understand why. Yeah, you're, sure. You're still a weasel shit, but I, I get you. <laughs> that, that's that's some that's some tough licks to take, brother. Yeah. Uh, so as for the facepalm moment with Rick, it was when Ron, whose mom had previously told Rick her son hates him and doesn't want to look, listen, or even be near him, comes and asks for shooting practice. At this point, I feel like Rick should have just handed him a fully loaded gun and said, "I'll stand over here and draw a bullseye on my head, and we'll see if you can hit the target." <laughs> 
which in essence is what he kind of did. If not drawing the bullseye on his own head, then certainly Carl's. So that's that's an interesting idea, he's, and I think he, he's wanting to be trained so he can stand up to Carl. I think, yeah, I wow. think that's what he's getting at. Okay, that trumps my. Uh, I'm going to you know go after Ian, steal your dad, or go after steal your dad. Sure. Wow, that's dark. But uh, you yeah. know, or I, potentially go after Rick. One of the two, you know. Yep. Although, how much, how much learning to shoot can you do with an empty gun? They have bullets in the pantry. Or in the armory, I guess. But I'm, so I'm saying, like, holding an empty gun and squeezing one eye down and looking down the barrel and going pew pew. <laughs> He's played is, a lot of Call of Duty, man. Is not really going to prepare you for the act of firing a gun, which, again, it's, I think... Especially when it's a forty five and it's going to knock this kid on his ass the first well, couple of times. it's a three fifty seven, pretty much, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to... But, but, you know, if he's within 10 feet... Yeah. And he's got to aim even closer, right? Oh, it's he probably going to shot. Yeah, it's probably going to hit. Sure. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's an interesting idea. I like it. Yeah. No, it's a great, great theory. Yeah. Uh, Naomi A says, honestly, I thought this episode was a little boring. Getting annoyed with them dragging events way out way longer than they need to be. For example, half the herd started going towards Alexandria in episode one, and only just reached it in episode five. Now it's been two episodes since we last saw Glenn, and we still don't know if he's dead or alive. I'm over the suspense and wish they'd get to the point. Uh, the only significant thing that happened this week were Maggie saying she was pregnant and Tara, Dr. Kiss. The rest was Maggie attempting to go after Glenn and then turning back and Carl attempting to go after Enid and then turning back. I was just so annoyed in the episode before last when Daryl parted ways with Sasha and Abraham to help people in Alexandria only to return having accomplished nothing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of this like, I'm going on a mission. Well, nah, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I've decided I'm not going on that mission. But... I don't know. Like Rick's relationship with Jesse changed. There was some interesting stuff with the neat, the uh, uh, Deanna and her son. I mean, yes, you're right. That's you're in full blown hater mode, and you're wondering what the futility of this show. Because yeah, yeah. again, the whole backdrop on this is the fiasco that is Rick, does Glenn hiding under the dumpster, which yes. is on fire. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the biggest problem, and that's the one counterpoint to my theory of they know what they're doing they're doing the show they want because yeah i think they clearly they saw the reaction of the people and got scared and i think took the social media to try to mitigate it but just make it worse yeah although you could argue that they're just they're just dyed in the wool trolls which if you've read any of kirkman's like you know mailbag on his comic book sometimes he does Get a little combative with critics and stuff. So maybe this is kind of like, well, you know, oh, you're losing shit about Glenn being dead. We'll we'll even throw more gas in this fire. Fuck you. But I don't know. Like, sure. People that are confident in what they're doing, whether people love it or not, don't go to social media and put a whole bunch of just be patient and we'll get back to it. And I like, just let your work stand, man. Yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, one last note from her, from Naomi here. She says they even manipulated last week's preview for this episode to make it look like something big was going to go down. Right, I know. And then that. it was literally Jesse's big speech in front of a walker, a single walker. Yep. Ugh. Yep. And I I noticed that the uh, they yeah they they've done the little bit of manip like they're showing some past footage that they blend in with the previews for the next week. Oh, really? that makes it seem like I thought the preview for this week was really dishonest. Well, that was future footage of a previously on for next episode i know sure (laughs) sure all right jake says 
Uh, just wanted to know how you guys feel about my take on the Rick and Ron scene. The way I saw it was Ron obviously did not have a good father figure. His dad beat him and his mom, and in that scene, a part of me felt like Ron was reaching out to Rick to fill that father figure role. I know you guys saw it as he's planning some kind of revenge on Rick, but the optimist to me says he just wants a father figure that isn't going to beat him. I think. What do you think about that? I think that they executed that scene as well as you could execute it, because I think they wanted you to kind of think both could be true. Yeah, I just and have the a guy problem playing with that, Ron that Carl is, scene. is just good enough that he can make that work. I'm yeah. leaning towards he's pl- he's up to something, yeah. but it's it's hard to say that with any kind of confidence. I don't know. To me, the, meta. the Carl scene before it feels like you know he just got one upped by Carl. There's nothing he can really do but tattle, and that's exactly what he goes and does. So he's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, uh, Tyler W. Problem I keep having with the show that seems to be specifically affecting the Alexandrians is the writers think that the audience love hearing characters espouse melodramatic, blowhardy bullshit. I find myself cringing during scenes that are supposed to be dramatic or emotional character moments because I fear that the writers actually think these scenes are good. All these scenes just end up sucking the wind out of the sails and slowing down the episode. Nothing interesting or new is happening here, and when it does, such as a scene where the doctor gains confidence by learning to drain pus from a wound, the show dwells on it and beats you over the head spelling it out. This kind of thing hurts the show because it trains the viewer to, to stop paying close attention so that when the show tries to be smart or make subtle implications intended for astute viewers, those moments end up being overlooked because the show doesn't have a very good history of rewarding that kind of viewing. It's weird because, like, you know, so this is the first time in the show's history that the ratings are stagnant to down. Hmm. And, I so I, you know, I've been listening to, uh, you know, I, I really love... Um, uh, Bill Bill Simmons. Yeah. And he was talking, he had all of his Grantland buddies on because, you know, Grantland got shut down and they're out from under bar. So he's got them all on their HBO podcast as television critics to Greenwalds. And mm-hmm. uh, and he had the two TV critics on and he said, you know, I'm about to stop watching The Walking Dead because it's not fun anymore. Like, it's slow and talky and it's, like, depressing and it's, like, it's getting to be, like, The Leftovers, another <laughs> show that he doesn't like watching on Sunday night because it bums him out. And I'm like, man. Uh, sure. It's going to bite them in the ass if they try – like, this is a show that's this chimera. It's it's clay and iron mixed together, and it's just not holding well. And you've got mm-hmm. two distinct – maybe even three distinct audiences watching it. And they've been able to keep all of them engaged enough that they're all, all of them are up in arms at one time or another, but they're not simultaneously. I feel like that they're maybe getting to a point where they've got everyone up in arms, and they're going to start, you know, between the fear of the walking dead – like maybe I don't yeah. need this much zombie in my life, and but then again, those two first episodes were really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just stick to the action. So stick to that stuff. I like it. Uh, Heather H says, um, "I'm probably pointing out the obvious here, but Ron totally wants to shoot Carl in the beginning of the episode. He's fingering a holster of some kind while looking at Carl, His and knife. he tries to butter up Rick. Yeah, she says for a knife, I think." Mm-hmm. Uh, then he tries to butter up Rick at the wall before asking him to be taught to shoot, and Rick hands him a gun, which is a terrible idea whether it's loaded or not. I'm just sure Ron is going to shoot Carl, and Rick will feel responsible. And what do you do with a teenager who tries to murder someone in the zombie apocalypse? I see a mid, mid-season mid cliffhanger coming. So this, this is interesting, right? Is how, how many people in this family can Rick kill before the town goes, all right, all right, enough, enough. Like, we get it. These, yeah. these were bad people. They, tr- they tried to do bad things and did in Pete's case. Yeah. But what do you do? That's a good question. What do you do with a teenager, a kid, who tries to kill somebody in the zombie apocalypse? If you're Rick, do you banish him? 
I did. What does the town do about that? I, I don't. I don't know. Might be an interesting question. I think. Um. So I'm. Uh, I don't know. I got some thoughts, but I got to. I got to put them in the spoiler section. We're gonna okay. have to have a spoiler section this week. I've got several spoiler emails. Okay. Some, some breaking thoughts. news, casting news that uh, yeah. just just happened like three hours ago that we're gonna they're, talk about. There, Glenn's coming back, but he's gonna be a different. <laughs> he's gonna be. Uh, 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 he comes back as Carrot Top. Rachel McAdams is coming back as Glenn. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. Where have you been, Glenn? Uh, Gretchen says, is it possible that Morgan is keeping the member of the Wolves alive to get valuable information from him about the group, where they're located, how many members, weapons, etc., to be informed on possible attacks in the future rather than because of all life is precious? Morgan knows the wolf is dying from a wound, and he may just keep him in the cell until he dies on his own. What do you think about that? Is he... I, I, after watching that episode, got the distinct impression that it was all life is precious, keeping this wolf alive. Uh, not some kind of like interrogation tactic, but Gretchen suggests the possibility that it might just be to get information out of him. The wolf in the cell at the end of the last episode. No, no, I get you. Oh, okay. I'm trying to weigh this. I think no, I don't buy that Morgan is interrogating this guy. He might end up doing it, but right now I think his motive is to pay it forward. Okay, I think so. Okay, uh, Travis, talking about Spencer at the gate here. Uh, I was wondering, did you guys notice during the scene at the food storage that someone said to Spencer something to the effect of, good job with the gate in regards to the wolves attack? Did he leave the fucking gate open again? This was the next morning revelation, and maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly. They played it off as some kind of throwaway line, but I'm pretty sure that I'm remembering it. If so, that is unfucking believable. No, I think he left it open the one time. They're just reminding. They're They're reminding up old shit. They're rubbing his face into the urine. Yeah. Like the puppy he is. Uh, Drew says, I love Maggie's speech to Aaron saying we may, have, may never know what happened to Glenn if he lived or he died. Uh, and, and was wondering if that was maybe some meta commentary on the uh, the audience there. I think we talked about that during yeah. the recap. So. Yeah, I think we got that. Keep moving. Mark C says, Ron says somebody's going to die. Next scene after getting knocked down, he's laying down in what looks like the typical chalk outline style of a dead body on the ground. I was thinking that is probably creative foreshadowing. Ron's going to die. What do you think hmm. about that? He was kind of splayed out in a you know, strange manner, right? I could see them doing some foreshadowing like that. Yeah. Maybe. Anthony B. Um, th- this is going to be a very minor sneak peek spoiler. I-, I don't give a shit about that stuff because whatever's officially released is officially released. Watch it or get the fuck out. But okay. some people might care. So if you didn't watch the next week on and you don't want to know about it, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Okay. Anthony B. says, so I think it was kind of ridiculous that Rick just magically appeared at the gate, despite the fact that he was obviously trapped at the end of last episode. Do you think that maybe in a later episode they will show how he escaped? Do you think it's a little far-fetched to think maybe he sprayed his way out of the RV with the AK, allowing him to get a head start on the walkers? Because if you noticed, he didn't have the AK-47 with him when he got to the gate, so he could have lost it during the craziness. I think this could be the reason why there was so much pandemonium with Abraham and Sasha in the sneak peek, because maybe the gunfire caused the walkers to go nuts again, and maybe they lost Daryl and all the madness. I, man. So I think that can all be resolved within the Abraham-Rosita plotline. I don't think, I don't need to know what happened in two and a half miles, except approximately between the RV and Alexander. I just don't care. Okay. I can't imagine anything (laughs) is super interesting. And if it is, like, if we do hear, like, a bunch of gunfire from the back, and, like, that this half of the, the... 
the horde is peeling off and Daryl has to fall back with this thing to do his little shepherd and he gets lost. Yeah, that could be interesting, I guess. But like literally okay. going back in a cold open <laughs> and showing us how he got out of there. Will. Like I I will see that as some almost amateurism. That's almost like showing Voltron transforming levels of delaying. Like, you know, if if you only want to write five minutes an episode, make sure you have Voltron transforming Get all the lions out of the volcanoes. Make sure we get full hero shots of that. Make sure yeah. that the, the you know you, you get the the green line forming the dick. You, when it's time to pull out the sword, you want to get thirty second ro- rotoscoped animation a- a- animation of all that. Uh, that would be yeah, that would be Dragon Ball Z level of dragging your feet if you go back to show us the <laughs> five missing minutes of Rick's life. It's gonna be him just grunting and powering up in the driver's seat. Yep. And then sprinting yep. the rest of the way home. Yep. Uh, also, one more question. Why was it such a surprise that Maggie's pregnant? Didn't we already figure this out back when Glenn went to get a pregnancy test when they were still at the prison? It's been... Whoa. She hasn't been pregnant for that long. No, she definitely hasn't. But this is something that they have... The people have speculated about this, I know, at yeah. least for a couple episodes. So they've had hints... You know, significant glances, uh, Rick or Glenn being, hey, you can't endanger yourself, and Maggie strangely saying, yeah, you're right, rather than yeah. this is bullshit. I'm fairly, just as good. fairly subtle. So, you know. I, yeah, I felt like that it's about right. This is this is not the kind of, you know, his power levels over 9,000 feet dragging we were talking about before. Okay. Uh, Sam from New York writes in about an article that's on Slate. Um Entitled The Walking Dead, Rick Grimes' Dictatorship Should End. Uh, he says, I was recently reading an article that posited the opinion that Rick is an awful leader with, uh, in my opinion, tenuous and myopic supporting events slash data to support that argument. Um, and the support was pretty much that he hid the everyone's infected information because he thought people didn't need to know. Uh-huh. Making unilateral decisions, sure. shunning shunning useful people. Uh, in favor of people that he knew he could trust. Uh, and they argued that Michonne was the ideal leader that Deanna should have turned the reins over to. And I think they make a fairly pe- compelling point on the other side with Michonne. Like she, after coming out of her haze with her pets and her insanity, she has kind of been the the Rick Light, right? Like mm-hmm. she she has been the more level-headed version of yeah, Rick. Yeah, I was going to say, think. you say Rick Light, like that's a pejorative thing. No, no, no. Thing, I, I mean that in a like... positive way. Yeah, you're more like, like more of Rick his good with qualities. less of his flaws. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. uh, and and more level-headed and more even-handed, I guess. Just like a little smarter. I still think a Michonne little less is. I, I want to say that she's a little bit more brittle, but man, that's I, Rick's pretty brittle too. Like we've seen him walk that fine line between madness and managerial duties this season. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard for me to say that she's more brittle than him. She she seems to be less impulsive than him too, less reactionary and stuff. Yeah, she seems to be able to keep her cool in these intense situations better. Yeah. Uh, and, anyway, that, he says that brings me to my question: Who do you guys think if is the ideal leader, if not Rick? Personally, I'd be happy with Michonne, but Rick is still my ideal leader thanks to his many experiences tempering him into the ideal zombie apocalypse leader, despite some bumps along the road. I think they're going to eventually this uh, fall into like a Star Trek pattern where. Yeah, okay, Kirk is the leader, but you can't really separate Kirk from Spock and McCoy. Yeah. Like, that was the triumphant. That's where all the plot lines revolved around. That's where all the power flowed through the ship. And 
sure. you know, when when Kirk got out of hand, it was the other two's job to check him. Yep. And vice versa. So I feel like that there. I don't know who all the triumphant was is was. And it's and it kind of changes. Like right now, I feel it's definitely Rick Michonne. I'm not sure who the third leg of that is. I feel like, like Daryl is somewhat of a McCoy to Rick. Kinda, Kirk. but like also Abraham's there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and Glenn was definitely Glenn, there. He's probably still there. Glenn is is, is kind of, yeah. but he's for some reason doesn't quite fit as neatly as I want him to. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who it was. Herschel for a long time. Oh hell yeah, uh, but but I'm not sure who the third triumphant is. I'm not sure who the McCoy is. It could be Aaron. Honestly, I think Aaron's yeah, Aaron got a could, good shot at being a leader now Aaron that his step up in that or even scouting Deanna. opportunities are limited. I can see Deanna being coming back from the brink. Like yeah, like she'd be like at the Spock because. A little more logical. Yeah, like she's well, she's less crazy. Yeah, but also more re- rigid in her thinking, and then that would leave Michonne to be the the McCoy and uh, Rick to be the Kirk. Okay, I like it. Don K says, as a nurse practitioner, I try to turn my medical brain off when watching The Walking. Probably Dead. for the best. However, I have to comment on Dr. Denise. First, there is no way that any, any medical book says if a patient has a wound and is going into septic shock, stick a syringe in the wound. If anything, the medical book would say he needed an incision and drainage, as she abbreviates I and D, of the wound. Secondly, if this guy is going into septic shock, there is no way removing two cc's of pus would have immediately stabilized his heart rate. If his wound was that badly infected, he would potentially need an incision and drainage and several days of... Antibiotics? De- debridement? Ooh. I've never heard that word. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's how you know she's a doctor. That's, usually, that's usually when they're like sloughing dead skin off a third degree bird. It's literally oh. like grind, like like cheese grating the meat off of you. Debridement. Mm. Yeah, not to mention antibiotics, she says. Having ranted about the medical inaccuracies, I will admit I like the character and her development. Please consider this email my application for official bald move medical advisor. I'm certified in both family practice and oncology. I know you already have a dentist, and I would be a great addition. <laughs> I think I think you got it. By de facto, yes, like you're the de facto. Yes, maybe next uh, election medical someone advisor. can run against you, but for right now, yep, yep. You know, so Don K, uh, we're we're going to need a name for her. You're at least as good as an alcoholic vet or combat medic. <laughs> Sure. We'll see about how this uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, failed surgical med student is going to do. But well, right we'll up put, there with we'll, them. We'll see right now. We'll see right now at this next email. Okay. Kevin Kevin writes in and says, I'm not a doctor. Uh-oh. But in high school, I had a cyst on my tailbone and a horrible fever <laughs> and cold chills. I went to the doctor and he squeezed the pus out. And to this day, I'm still amazed how quickly my symptoms improved. It was instantaneous. So I could see the injured guy's vitals improving that fast. Now I don't know who to believe here. You got the guy with the experience, uh, with the cyst, was infected the ass. Like, like that's the thing. How bad so, can your ass get infected? It's a shithole, literally. Right. We're talking about a versus yeah. a man's leg. You know, like. So feel, that's the thing. I think in an, an infected wound is probably yeah. very different. Like an infection that spreads through your body, yeah. is going to have a bigger effect than probably a cyst. I don't even really know what a cyst is, honestly. It's some horrible growth that you sure. don't want. It's but, a benign tumor, right? I don't know. I, I literally have no it's idea. It's like something goes haywire in your body, and your body's like, oh, fuck, this ain't right. This isn't supposed to be doing that. Let's form a sack around it and pretend. Okay. It's like yeah, your yeah, body's yeah, a yeah. hoarder. Like, uh-huh. if it sees something doesn't like it, just, like, ties a trash bag around it and kind of puts it but out of the, the way. But then the cats eventually get at it, and, and it And that, you know, eventually, and... if, if your body hoards too much, you die. Yeah. Or if the trash starts overflowing, then you got cancer, and then okay. then then it's too late for the people to come and make you throw stuff away. I, I think with that particular injury, though, it might be more dangerous than assist. Sure. More involved. Sure. 
Anyway, Alexis says, what have the Alexandrian natives been eating? The average size is so ridiculous this far into rationing and no chance of them waddling, uh, out waddling any walkers. Yeah, we talked about that. It'd be funny if they had like Walmart style scooters. Oh, God. At the pantry so that they're literally no. like, you know, I'm not going to watch my family starve. <laughs> I'm, I remind you that I am, by anyone's measure, fat. So sure, I sure, get sure, I, okay. I this is not me body shaming. This is me just saying you're not hungry. You got I, you're I not. see you. You're lying. <laughs> you're being a dick. All right. Teresa has an email that I had to chop a little bit out of, but hopefully she got her points across. This week's episode was ridiculous. As a friend of mine stated, it's like they got the end of a film and said, shit, we only made seven episodes and wrote a shitty 10 minute script just to scrounge up whoever was still on the lot. A couple of things really bothered me. Number one, Alexandrians. Their idiocracy, or idiocracy. <laughs> yes. Their idiocy is comical, but not in, in an enjoyable way. They have resigned themselves to die. They can't ration because they want their last few days to be filled with canned beans instead of canned celery soup because there are walkers outside of their walls. P.S. There have been walkers there the entire time. That's true. They really didn't. Like, they could go out and scrounge a little bit, but mm-hmm. what's Aaron going to bring back in his backpack? Yeah. Bunch of baby food and applesauce. Sure. Yeah. Uh, number two. Some Kodak black and white film. <laughs> well, he doesn't even bring that shit back. He just leaves <laughs> it out there for people to find. Uh, number two. Why do we have an entire episode dedicated to Alexandrians? They just kind of suck at life. They sure as shit can't carry an episode with their character selves. Ugh, can we get back to the episodes with our beloved badasses? Also, kind of a tangent, and I say this as an unapologetic barrel. Uh, barrel. Daryl Beth Shipper. That's that's a fine name, Beryl. Yeah. But if you're going to kill off Beth... Better than death. You'd better have something more interesting to do with Daryl afterwards and turn him into a depressed, sad asshat who doesn't do anything of value. What do you think about that? Like, we we talked a little bit about this last episode, but Daryl hasn't done much of anything in a while. I Yeah, and I thought, like, you know, some people were creeped out by his relationship with... uh... You know, Beth, because I guess, I mean, I was saw Beth as more towards, like, Emily Kinney's age uh, than the high school doodlebug. I'm not, not sure exactly how old she's supposed to be, but I'm like, okay, whatever. It's a zombie apocalypse. Daryl's kind of a damaged man-child anyway. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of an interesting coupling, and they got some interesting stuff out of Daryl. Same way when you peril Daryl with Carol. Peril. Peril Daryl with Carol. Uh, That's good, no. too. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm... Uh, you know, I was reading a thread in Reddit where I assume they were talking about us, but they're like, this one podcast was just complaining about them never doing anything with Daryl. like, Daryl's been a major character, and he needs to take a back seat. And I'm like, I, there's shows with way bigger casts that keep, yeah. this, keep the story moving for everybody much better than this thing does. So I don't really want to hear that. I Yes, they are underserving Daryl now, and I wonder to what end. Yeah, and so to go back to her... Uh... By the way, if you if you miss Emily Kinney, she just appeared on this week's episode of The Nick. I don't know if it's going to be an expanded role, but it's like just hmm. like a little introductory introductory scene. And okay, yeah. I was uh, like, Wait a second, that's Doodlebug. Nice. So to go back to her point about the Alexandrians and why we have an entire episode built around them, they have killed off a lot of our main characters, and I have a feeling that this season they're probably going to kill off several more of them. Uh, I think they're doing this to replenish the stock of characters that you give a shit about. Yeah, but they're I think not you've doing got a to. very good job of that. They keep on pulling... I mean, think... So who are... But that's why they keep showing the Alexandrians, regardless of whether they're pulling it yeah, off Yeah, because it's cheap peak. Because, like, well, they're the, we've seen them for, like, three episodes. But I, like... 
it's they're all faceless, man, because they're all just Nicholas's or Some Aiden's. Of them. I mean, they've or... got Aaron, they've got uh, yes, Jesse, and they've got, got the Denise. hero Alexandrians. Those are the ones, and yeah. then everybody else is kind of faceless mooks that I assume are going to be dead. Yeah, probably. Heath is another one. Like clearly, when we were introduced to him, yeah. like this guy is important. So, <laughs> uh, DC and CA, DC in California, has an olfactory fixation here. Talking about the the stink that should be around everything here. Uh, for example, in the latest episode, Maggie and Aaron go down to the sewer drain. When they lift the manhole cover, no reaction. Should at least be a little bit of a stink. Like, uh, he says all they need to do is cover their mouths and noses, right? And you kind of know. I, but why? You guys are assuming it's a shit sewer. I think it's a storm drain, which I don't know would stink. Well, when they go down in there, there are... Well, you got rotten zombies walkers, and all that yeah. stuff. So probably pretty smelly. But, like, that's the other thing. Like, in my pool cleaning experience, it only really stinks when you go and poke around and you you break the crust, you know? Sure, yeah. So it's like some of that stuff can get an equilibrium, and then, like, you know, you, you, you dislodge a ladder, and then, holy shit, what's this smell? What He says, he gives a couple examples, but one one more here to close it out. When the crew stumbles into Alexandria for the first time, not one single resident mentions or reacts to how smelly Rick and his crew must be. These people have been living out of pottery, pottery Barn catalog, yeah. and they invite Daryl over for spaghetti with his outside world shit clothes on. Now, I think no that, one throws up or acts disgusted. I think Aaron and his boyfriend or would be cool that way. They, they would, would just like, mention it. They would realize, yeah. but just... Yeah, because they've been out in the muck. They, they, you know, they, they, yeah. they, they go out, and they know what each other smells like after you've been away from hot water for a while. So I feel like that they would, but you're right. A lot of these motherfuckers would be pretty judgy about the personal B.O. Yeah. With their fancy showers and shit. Yeah, and they haven't shied away from showing us what a bunch of babies these people are, so I'm kind of surprised there wasn't any. <laughs> oh my god, look at this girl. She's got the fucking leathered vest. Who does she think she is? Brown leather? That's like <laughs> fall, totally autumn. And Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, he has a PS on his email. When Rick starts making out with Jesse at the end of the episode, what do you think his breath smelled like? If this were real, she would have thrown up. Then again, this is a woman who's making out with a man who just murdered her husband, right? Yeah, she she has no senses whatsoever. But no, wait, 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 wait. Rick, Rick has been taking care of himself. Uh, kind of. He got an Alexander. I mean, he's dirty and disgusting and bloody, and and he's going to make a house call and on Jesse, and he's not going to like switch around some listerine or gargle or eat a stick of gum. I don't know. I Come don't know, on, I, I feel like he, you know he's you making, give Rick a, more he's making a gentleman call. Yeah. Okay. May, maybe. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Jay. So Aaron suggested. Maggie named their baby either Aaron or Aaron for her little bundle of joy. How about the name Aaron? It's pretty close, too. Yeah, what do you think about that? Unisex, I like it. You know, you go with the E-Ren or the Aaron. Joe M. says, This episode reminded me why I started watching the show six years ago and why I continue watching the show now. The practical effects from Nicotero Gang for those sewer zombies were fantastic. Yep, no argument. Cinema quality, unlike anything I've seen, and scared the shit out of me while grossing me out at the same time. Yep, it's been a long time yeah. since I've had that reaction to a zombie. Yeah. That was really fucking gross. I wanted to include that for a little positivity here. Yep. <laughs> Mark says, good lord, this is the most boring episode of The Walking Dead in the series. <laughs> Maybe of television all the time. Come on, Mark. Come on. Could there be any postulating about the world now? Uh, any more postulating about the world it, now? It, well, that's, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to defend the amount of tedious... That's yeah. how it is in here or out there. I'm not even sure what we're talking about anymore. Yeah, bullshit. I'm surprised that they can, like, they... 
I wonder if they have a name for that, like the like the Star Trek writers, like you know, mm, hey, yeah. we need we need Michael Akuda in here. We need to to come up with some techno babble, and he needs to tell us he needs to recite something read in Scientific American last month. Uh-huh. I wonder if they have like we need the, uh, the you don't know speech. Who's who's good at writing we you don't know speech? Because <laughs> they've got to. They've done it so many times. Like, is it just copy and paste at this point? They've changed some pronouns. It must be, yeah. And, and they changed names, the character name. Character at the names, yeah. yeah. Setting, like crickets chirp or water splashes or <laughs> yeah. zombies moan. Ex- exterior, or, Alexandria yes, courtyard. Yes. Midnight. Uh, oh, ch- wait, change this is that new. to interior uh, Michonne's house. Yeah, I don't know. and it's it's yeah Jesse's house. Whatever. No, I it's I I honestly don't know how they can do it with a straight face unless they think it's no. unless this is like really ironic. Come on, meta to man. Them. I don't I don't want to watch that. I don't want to waste my time with that shit. Uh, I don't need to watch your ironic trolling of seventeen million people. Come on. It'd probably be really fun though. I imagine so. But it's a huge dick move if you're on the <laughs> wrong side of it. Laura in Atlanta says, I really don't see the point in a Maggie pregnancy. Maggie used oh, to be the most badass yeah. chick on the show, second only to Michonne. Even before the pregnancy, she was becoming pretty useless as a character. But with the baby, it seems they are writing her into even more of a corner. We've already seen the dangers of delivery with Judas. So where does this go? Maggie dies the same way Lori does and the baby survives. Maggie and the baby survive. Maggie loses the baby. Either way, we are left with either another baby weighing down the group or more, more moping Maggie. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah, we already have one. I mean, we're we're slowly getting closer and closer to Zombie Full House. You know, yeah, you got Uncle Daryl, and you got Uncle Glenn, and you got Uncle Rick, and you now got, you're gonna have Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah, you already got Mary. Well, I mean, well, Mary Kate and Aaron to be. She's fair. gonna be Deej, <laughs> and then 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 we got the next generation who'll be Stephanie, Stephanie right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then then you got Mary Kate and Ashley a couple seasons from now. Yeah, I, you know. There are a couple interesting things. Like, yes, she was a badass. She's this woman of action. And, like, we're taught in modern society to to value that because we get so few of it. And we're living in a world where women have all these possibilities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, bringing life into the world is ultimately the most important job there is. And I wonder, is, it, is sure. it transgressive to say that you now have this very important job and, and the community needs to look out for you because if we're going to survive this long, thinking the longest term, we need people like you. Mm-hmm. The men can't do it. Uh, Aaron and his boyfriend are no no use. Tara and, and Denise aren't going to be helping us out. We need you, Maggie, to take one for the team and to, to, to hang up the badasses and make some kids. Uh. Like That feels really regressive. I mean that's obviously not why she did it, but like why she got pregnant. You know, you think but about sure. how the world got to be where it is, and it's not because it's just like crazy, 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 crazy to do things this way. It's just that now we have the benefit that we can do things differently, and we should, sure. and yeah. we can be more productive as society by harnessing this other half of the population that we've we've previously just used as incubators and chattel. But I think it's if, if, if the population was decimated a few times over, maybe priorities shift again. That's what know? I'm saying. But yeah. but I wonder if there's a way to do that without like if that would be an interesting thing to explore. Like, can you go back to the Stone Age with still progressive values, and how would that work? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that would be an interesting thing for the show to explore. I doubt they do because like yeah, if, they, if it's just it right if now. it's just another thing to endanger for us to be because that's the reason I didn't like 
Judith surviving because every time they every time they dangle her and make her jingle jangle, it gets my heart rate going because yeah. it's a purely instinctual thing. Haven't done that in a while. So that's they funny. haven't done it in a while, yeah. but now they got a pregnant woman, and if all goes well, a baby. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm scared. Devin H has some thoughts on that and what it might be for. Says the alternative is they could pull a switcheroo on us, revealing that Glenn is alive and force him to endure Maggie and his unborn child's death at some point in the near future. On that note, what would happen to a miscarried pregnancy in the zombie apocalypse with the Walking Dead rules? Would the child become a mini zombie that eats the mother from the inside, killing her and turning into a walker as well? I love that. I'm gonna let you and Jim. That's have the my pod- favorite. I'm gonna let you and Jim have take over the podcast for a minute because this does not. Yeah. This makes me roll my eyes so hard. That's what I want to see. I want to see uh, uh, a miscarriage that results in a fetus ripping itself free from the mother <laughs> in zombie form. How would it do it? <laughs> I don't. It doesn't. A have newborn teeth. has no. It has has like it has no clawing cellophane, apparatus. Cellophane toenails and fingernails and no teeth. Yeah. Like, and I think there's some mothers that would swear to God in the third trimester that their child did try to rip itself out of them. Like yeah. I've seen the. What crazy- if it were actually trying to? I just think it'd just be like it would just be like a baby never stops kicking, but yeah. it's not going to be fatal. It no. might make you pee yourself a couple times. Sure, but like it's got literally like stop it, stop. It's it. really difficult, yeah, to to rip out of a human abdomen. I, I, assume. I would think so. Yeah. Now again, maybe there's a doctor saying actually there's just one case where a fetus yeah. got uh, rabies and grew canines and wolverine claws and no for sure don can write in and tell us how realistic that would be like i would honestly think a zombie turning a baby turning zombie and getting too raucous in there the worst would happen is a miscarriage yeah. which you've got a wriggling dead zombie baby coming out of you, which hey it does not sound like own. fun and it's creepy but actually that'd be what more if, yeah that, what if I, they I were like myself what if That's they were like way oh than ripping, the, the mother's dead and the, the baby's still moving around we got to get in there and get it out you know it's gonna die if we don't oh Turns out when we open her up, it's already dead, and it comes well, out as a creepy zombie baby. So here's the and, fucked up thing about that situation. Yeah. A a stillborn zombie baby's behavior would probably be virtually indistinguishable from a real live <laughs> infant's newborn's behavior. Except, well, I, so and yeah, what would that do to the mother? Its skull would be the same consistency as a walker. <laughs> yeah, like it's going to be – it's going to never recover from its discoloration, uh-huh. and it's going to – but like – that would be a really uh, fucked up thing for a mother to go through. Yes. It totally would. And I hope we see it. Uh, he has a follow-on question. Or yeah, he that's or more she, interesting I'm not than sure. ripping out of the abdomen. I've creeped myself out. <laughs> I'm not sure with the spelling of this name, if it's a he or she, uh-huh. Devin. Uh, but follow-on question here. Question for you guys. Do you think they're setting us up for a time jump, either at the end of this half season or the end of the season proper? Now that we have confirmation that Maggie is pregnant, I think they have to pull a time skip on us at some point in order to skip ahead to that part of the story. If they don't skip ahead, if they continue with a normal pace, Maggie will be pregnant for the next three or four seasons. And as you pointed out, Aaron, skipping ahead would also help out Chandler Riggs. Think there's any chance of that? I think they inevitably will do a time skip for those reasons eventually, but I don't think it's going to be this season or maybe even next. Okay. Fair enough. But you're right. I mean, Chandler's playing too old for what he is. If if they could get a point where they could skip two or three years... You know, they could they could age he'd be aged appropriately and that would be a whole another chapter to his character. Yeah. Uh final email, and it's it's kind of a indulgence here. So get ready for this. Scott V says, This is for last week's episode, but my wife had a prediction about Glenn that I found too amusing not to share. So we were watching the Morgathon episode. I shake my fist into the heavens in frustration and ask why are they showing this episode now? 
My wife says the answer is obvious. They have to set up the character that will save Glenn. Imagine Glenn under Dickless. Walker's tearing Dickless apart. How can Glenn escape? All of a sudden you hear, bah, it's Tabitha the goat. Uh, the walkers go for her. Glenn slips out under the dumpster. Uh, she sacrifices her life for Glenn. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tabitha was killed. Was she? We figured that there, that her, that was her mate who untied her while and while killing while, while doing so was killed, and Tabitha got away. Sounds goofy, but this theory coming true is about the only way I'll forgive this show for this bullshit trolling. How about you guys? <laughs> Tabitha, the goat. You're in the wrong war. show for unlimited goats. You should try leftovers for all your goat based yeah, entertainment. Yeah, no shit. Needs. Goats for days over there. Yeah, you got enough goats for like them to have a whole civilization. Yeah. Uh, you know, like. I didn't think the Morgan was I you know I didn't think the Morgan was the worst thing. I didn't expect you to take this email, give this a consideration, and actually an answer. Oh well, sorry. All right. I have a I I, I sometimes can't detect irony if I'm being asked an earnest question. <laughs> but yeah, no. Okay, I, I should have laughed. You Can should. we edit? Just be yeah. here. Just uh, put an edit mod. <laughs> no, there's no edit there. Now you look oh, even sillier. Oh, good one. All right, <laughs> next email. That's it. Oh, that's all we got. Got spoiler section. Save, save the funniest for last. Uh, yeah, we do have a spoiler section. So if you want to send in more emails and really fill my inbox, I mean, I spent two and a half hours this morning going over these stupid emails. Didn't get a chance to rewatch Leftovers. I'm going to have to do that after the podcast. Uh, I think you might you might be you might be harsh in the buzz with all this stupid emails, <laughs> vicious. Complaints. But I'm inviting you to send all of your flood. Just cover me in in emails like walkers on top of Glenn. Uh, Walking Dead at baldmove.com. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because I've been the feed. How you I've been the feed bag workhorse. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I know. I know the pain you're going through. It's 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 it's. Uh, I feel like the grandparent that's visiting the the parent, the new parent, is like having some uh, problems, yeah. son. Got some shit on your fingers, did you? Oh, get pissed <laughs> in the face. Yeah, I know what that's like. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna take off now because fuck this shit. Uh, yeah. So we got spoilers. Watching Dad at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com if you want to make Jim's life worth living. Baldmove on Facebook and Twitter, all that good stuff. Yep. Uh, we'll be back with a live watch next week and, you know, instant cast, instant cast right after the show. And uh, if you don't want to stick around for spoilers, check out during the music. If you do, we'll see you then. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. with the spoiler section before i get into email spoilers do you have uh something you want to talk about i have one thing that i wanted to mention uh so the hollywood reporter i think is the one that broke this about three hours not quite okay you're gonna you're gonna stomp all over chris and edwin's emails here oh like this just happened this morning yeah uh, on november wait yeah this morning november 10th walking dead cast major comics villain negan negan whatever negan you got it uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been tapped to take on the iconic role of Negan, the F-bomb dropping dashly character from Robert Kirkman's cinematic series, The Hollywood Reporter Has Learned. Hell now, yeah. if you don't know this guy, the one that I the role I immediately think of him is the comedian on The Watchmen. Hell yeah. And as soon as I saw this guy's face, that's my reaction. Like, wow, out of all the people I thought to play Negan, 
this might be the most perfect. He's got the physicality. Uh-huh. He's got the face. He's got the ability to play. Like, we've already seen him play one psycho with a twisted sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, I am super excited. Like if he just plays this how he played the comedian, I'd be totally fine with yeah. it. Yeah, and he wasn't like they're going to have to certainly like my idea was to go you cast uh 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 Don Draper uh, John Hamm mm-hmm. as a super straight laced Negan that's almost like a religious fanatic that never swears. It's like he's brutal and he's violent, but like the one thing he can't abide is a potty mouth. That uh-huh. would have been a funny nod to the character. But maybe you just go and you do a whole I'll be donkey slapped and I'll be <laughs> donkey I'll, licked. I'll, I'll, I'll Thank be you very much. I'll be jackass stretched or I'll have my sphincter <laughs> rip if I I'm I, not sure you can even do, do those themes. You can't? Like the language is not the only concern here, yeah. Well, you know, you get donkeys with rectums and things <laughs> rip. I'll have my rectum rectum ripped is not a <laughs> slogan that you can really put on the front of a DVD cover. But it, like, you know, the FCC stays off your back if you. If I you guess so. If you don't drop the F word and the C bomb, then you're you, you're pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> be rectum ripped. Uh-huh. So I guess they can just do that kind of weird fire flying balderdash. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Com- But I I think this or casting battle starring. I think this casting is great. I I got on the Reddit real quick because this this just broke and I saw I could see if anybody had a like a contrary, but like seemed everyone was. Uh, super in- uh, interested in it. I heard that there was other people, uh, Timothy Oliphant, which would have been an interesting choice. Yep. Uh, Matt Dillon, uh, Garrett Dillahunt, which was on last season of Justified, would have been a fine choice as well. But, I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's a great choice. I, I saw him also as Judah Botwin in Weeds, Nancy's dead mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. Uh so he's got a lot of range to him. Like he can play this really nice guy. They have been crushing the casting. Fucking dark guy too. They have been crushing the casting. Yeah. Like Abraham, Rosita, Eugene, yeah. uh, Heath, De- Denise. Now, like when they need someone iconic from the car- the comics to cast, like they're doing yeah. a pretty fucking good job at it. Sure. So, uh, yeah. George S has a comment about Carl and his eye. Okay. Because I got that to talk about, too. Okay, me too. Uh, if they decide to shoot Carl again, as they do in the comics, I think it would be ultra-effective if it was Ron who shoots Carl after learning how to shoot from Rick. The Walking Dead loves its tragic coincidences, and it would fit in with what his dad tried to do last season. How would you two react if Rick's gun lesson ultimately causes Carl and I? Cost Carl and I. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's probably the best outcome of this whole thing. Because in the comics, it's, it's essentially Douglas Monroe, as he's getting ripped apart by zombies you know, being careless with his gun yeah. like you do when you're getting ripped by zombies and accidentally shooting shooting his eye out, uh, you know, Christmas story style. I think Ron doing it deliberately would be awesome. And it's another way... So there's this one storyline that they kind of dodged when they had the, the serial killer child thing mm-hmm. uh, because there was a storyline from the comics where a child kills another child... And the adults are like, "What do we do? What do we do? Oh my God, what are we going to do?" And while this is they're the thing debating, we talked about in the main cast, right? Yeah, and you were like, "I got spoiler info." Yeah, so 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 Carl's Carl took it upon himself to murder the child because he's like, "Well, it's my job. None of you guys could do it." Yeah, it'd be cool if this this is, and I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because Kirkman remixes don't usually go this way. This would be the best example if they save that, but now it's like a little bit of eye for eye, like you hurt Carl and. Yeah. 
you know, there's this tension between you and Enid, and like, is he going to be like the 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 adults don't know what to do, and he's a minor, and everybody's squeamish, and and you know, Carl steps up and does it, but it's not as I mean, I, that's really interesting. I think that would be cool, and it'd be a way to yeah. remix those kind of dangling plots in a in an interesting way. Yeah, and it so I I guess that kind of so instead if if Carl gets his eye shot out right. And there's yeah. this eye for an eye question, like, what do we do with Ron? He shot Carl's eye out on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and then Carl steps in and murders him. I mean, you can't really complain to Carl too much, right? <laughs> like, the dude shot my eye out. What do you want? He tried to kill me. Yeah. If, so so I killed him. Yeah, if it had been an adult, Rick would have no problem blowing his head off. Yeah. So... And then you could even set that against, oh, well, you were willing to banish Ron, but not your own son when he goes off and kills somebody. And they could set that whole thing in motion again. Yeah, I don't know be, if I want him to. That would be tired but, because yeah. Carl's justified. Uh, we view Carl as justified, sure, but I could see how... Fuck all those... Uh, I'm tired of... No, be. no, Alexander's go to hell. <laughs> all right, no, nobody can't... but Rick can have any any valid criticisms of the morality. No, I can in this see world. Jesse being all fucked up and confused. What but... if Daryl brings it up? It's like, Rick, you, look, you Darryl's weren't going to banish Ron, but you're gonna, not going to banish your own kid? What Darryl's, the fuck? Daryl's not. Why would he That's banish Carl? Hot bowl of bullshit. Why would he banish Carl? This guy tried to kill him, and Carl yeah. killed him back. Yeah. The guy tried to kill him, and and Rick was ready to banish him, but Carl kills the guy, and he's fine. I don't know. No. Uh, I, to me, they're, they're two different moral acts. Sure. Acts. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got for spoilers. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, because people keep asking about this time skip, and I don't know if they're, like, makey, clever comic fans or if they're just people speculating because this makes a lot of sense. But, you know, as I, I think we talked about before, they do, in fact, after they have the Negan all-out war storyline, they skip a few years ahead. Yeah. So I think this time skip is – I think it seems like we're heading down a road where – Negan's introduced either at the end of this season. I've heard a rumor that he's going to come, yeah, end of season six. So is that not 6A? This, not, not the half season, no. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, you got to get to, like, Jesus and stuff first, yeah. right? Yeah, you're right. It's it's. There's a universe where they could have not fucked around with all this time shit and told a nice, concise, well, you know, well-paced moving story. Yeah. That ship has sailed. Let's kill ourselves in so, the yeah, universe and take over Negan there. at the end of 6B... Uh, all out war, essentially. Well, you'd have probably this kind of weird stalemate and Rick kind of rolling over plotline for seven A, and then you'd have all out war for seven B, and then you have a time skip of two years on the off season coming back to season eight, where you got Little House on the Alexandria, and they're you know yeah showing a little bit more mastery of of beginning civilizations. But I was also wondering, for days. with with Deanna City planning, I wonder if there was a little nod to that storyline, because in the comics, yeah. they meet these other settlements, the Hilltop and the Kingdom, and they establish trade. And I thought one of the things she wrote in her little crazy Carrie Matheson-style city planning document was trade. And yes, there's, like, medicine. and there. But who is she trading with? So does the Alexandrians know that there's other settlements that they just have kind of kept a wide berth of? I It'd be strange if they knew about that and we haven't found out about it yet. Or yeah. is Deanna saying we need to beef up the Aaron and Daryl pathfinding missions to find other pockets of humanity so we can set up these things? Mm-hmm. And it could have just been a nod to the comics fans that, like, hey, yeah, we know we we've read the stories too, and we know where we're going. Wink. I don't sure. know. Okay, that's my analysis of it. Anything else? 
No, I think we're ready to put this one for bed for another week. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, That's it, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yep, bye-bye.